You know, there's a... We have two cinematic universes, Ben, right now, going strong. Okay. Um, we have the MCU, which we're going to talk about today, you know, mm-hmm. Phase 4. Big fan, yep. And Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog universe is going uh, strong, Ben. Right, yep. I like those first two films. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. Uh, you thought I was going to say DC, aren't you? Yeah, I kind of did, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, we had that breaking news today, so they don't deserve to be mentioned in this yeah. episode. They, they like, have broken my heart. I'm about to wave the white flag, Ben, to say I'm done with the brothers. <laughs> I mean, no one's not over there anymore, so why should I reform Warner Brothers anymore? So, uh, ben, why should I? Hmm? Understandable, yeah. So, MCU, phase four. Yay! A full review. Now, for all our new listeners out there, thank you for listening. We have a wonderful guest who she calls herself an MCU expert. We're going to find out how much of an expert she really is today, Ben. Max, we know. We know how much of an expert she is. And audience, we hope you guys leave very impressed with our guest today. It's Miss TK. TK, how are you? I'm doing well. I am excited to talk about MCU Phase 4 and not have to be talking about DC tonight. (laughs) Um, All MCU. Let's go. You see, that's an intro. That's 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 a speech right there. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. short, simple, to the point. She's not eating food. Not none of that. None of that <laughs> nonsense. That's a dick at somebody, and I hope he's listening. Actually, he's actually said numerous times he doesn't listen when he's not on. So you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. If this is the one episode he listens to, I I hope I hope you feel bad, Mister Zach. I'm calling you out. Anyway. <laughs> Ben, yes. MCU Phase Four. Mm-hmm. It's been met with a lot of controversy, a lot of moaning and bitching, and all this other stuff for no other reason. Guys, I'm in a mood today, so if I'm saying <laughs> if, I, if I'm a little bit more mean, it's not it's not because of you guys. It's not because of Ben or TK. I'm just I'm just in the mood. But we're talking about Marvel. I'm here with Ben and TK, so we're gonna have some fun. But Marvel Phase Four is just it's. I think it's been great, Ben. I've I've enjoyed it. Real quick, Ben, your thoughts. Yeah, you know, we we had a five five hour uh, discussion about it already. So, <laughs> right, uh, yeah, not my favorite phase, but I have enjoyed quite a bit. And there's several things I will defend. Absolutely, uh, people come at them. So, yeah, I'm still I'm still interested. There's no exhaustion or oversaturation for me for this franchise just yet. They were teetering on that a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. They they have been teetering with the Disney Plus stuff. But, but I want to get TK true, true. opinion. Uh, how her overall thoughts on Phase Four have been? I mean, Phase Four has included some of my favorite moments, some of my favorite characters, some of my favorite introductions across the entirety of the MCU. And I uh, I'm on the record having said that 2021 was my favorite year in the MCU ever. Right. And that is, um, you know, so I was, I was feeling that momentum. And then this past year in 2022, there've been some projects that I've been a little less enthused by. And to your point, Rod, there, there were some times that I found myself like not able to really revel in like the excitement of a new Marvel studios project coming out because it felt like there were so many, uh, we have the addition in phase four of not just the Disney plus shows, but the, um, the, Oh my gosh, why am I blanking what they call them now? The specials, the um special presentations. Special yeah. presentations, thank you. 
and, um, you know, little things like I am Groot coming out and like just different, different formats for the MCU. And so it's so much, so much Marvel content. And for the most part, you know, I've really enjoyed this phase for what it's done in terms of introducing some new characters, kind of going back to that feeling that that phase one brought us, right? That introduction. And that it's really also been a, a bridge, you know, from the Infinity Saga into where, where we're going next. And, and uh, in phases five and six, I think we're going to see a little bit more of that uh, fulfillment that people have been looking for, including myself, of like that real kind of feeling we had leading into Infinity War and Endgame and all of that. So um, was a little bit of that lacking in phase four, especially the, the latter half? I, I think so. But at the same time, like the highs were really, really high in this phase for me. Well, okay, we can end it right there. Thank you, TK, for coming on. This was fun. Ben, this was great. I yeah, she said it, she thanks. said it all. That yeah. was great. You know, if we had her on that MC episode a couple of weeks ago, we probably that episode would have been a lot shorter. <laughs> so man, that was that was really well put, Ben. I like mm-hmm. how she just puts us to school every single time she comes on. I mean, seriously. I mean, here we are, Ben. There's a couple of bums, and then we have an expert come on and she teaches us a lesson, Ben. So we need to step up our hope- game that you remember all of this later when you want to give me some strikes. So, well, right now, you're, you know, I was going to say TK, your strikes are gone now. Cause you, okay. you were, that was a really, really well said. Phew. We'll see how this ranking goes. We'll see how this ranking goes. Uh, you might change my mind. We'll see. We'll see. There's some projects that TK probably knows about that. I feel strongly about that. Maybe her and I might differ on. Yeah, this isn't about me and Ben today. This is about me, Ben, and TK today. All right. The three, this is our group ranking. Of course, just because we put one project in one thing, we all have different opinions, right? So you, got, you guys have to keep that in mind when we go through this. And TK reminded me that I am group was also part of phase four. And I actually had that a part of, as a part of my post, Ben, when I did my phase four review on my film on my film page. Mm-hmm. And I ju- it just left my mind when I put this together last night. So all good all good yeah you know it, it, they're short yeah we're cute very short yeah i wasn't necessarily thinking that we'd rank it okay good the nature of it like and they released them as like those separate shorts too like that kind of bothered me that it wasn't released as one series with five minute shorts and instead it was well like, you know separate. technically to get that's a place on that part in time to keep a part of the timeline and everything so all right so you're the you're the yeah, I'm a timeline nerd. I'm a timeline geek, TK. I'm, I, I, I gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep the timeline. You gotta keep that sacred timeline, uh, you know, very smooth. Very, all right, you gotta. I need that sacred timeline, beautiful, and and all that good stuff, right, Ben? Yep, yeah, sure, yeah. Okay, all right, so, <laughs> Ben. Yes. Let's run the clocks, shall we? Mm-hmm. It's time to go back to 2021. Oh, wait. Yeah, we're doing a tier ranking today, guys. If you guys didn't know, we are doing a tier ranking of the MCU phase four of everything phase four. Movies, shows, special presentations, minus I am Groot. So um, this should be fun. Mm-hmm. We're going to start in 2021 when we go, we could all get along with Agatha. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. See what I did there? I yeah. just came up with that right now. That's so, good. That's good. WandaVision. Now... I really like, I feel like every time we talk about WandaVision, I say the same thing. That's because I just love this show so fucking much, Ben. But Ben and TK both know this. And for all listeners out there, there's only one other comic book show in the world that I like more than WandaVision. That's The Boys. That's how much I love this show. It is excellent. 
But I told myself for this episode, I'm going to do my best not to talk too much today. So I'm, or for some of the projects that we may have talked about last year already. So I'm going to let TK start this one off with WandaVision. I have also on on my podcast and any other ones that I've guested on in the past couple of years have spoken nothing but incredibly highly of WandaVision. And like you, Rod, like my impulse is to talk about it a lot because I absolutely love this show. <laughs> um, kicking off phase four after a, a drought in MCU content, after a, a, a period of time in which if, if, if we all recall, things were a little weird in the world um, and, and, and still are. And, and, um, but really, you know, bringing people together and, and um, if it weren't for WandaVision, like I wouldn't have met so many of the people that I met in the podcasting community, like, like you guys. And, you know, that, that's all kind of, you know, personal stuff related to that show coming out. But um the, the quality of the show is also there and it's one that I've rewatched so many times and just from the very beginning the the conceit of it the having the different the different sitcom styles was just so unique and something that for my own personal tastes you know really hit me where I'm at in terms of thinking about this character using using tv as her you know escape from from reality from the grief that she's experiencing so it it, it hit me in terms of the themes um, in terms of just falling in love with Elizabeth Olsen's performance with this character and all of the performances are just spectacular and such a unique, fun, quirky, also, but also, you know, very poignant, profound show. And um, it, it, it remains my, my favorite of anything that was released in phase four. Maybe it's early to say that, but um, that's, uh, man, WandaVision. Yeah, Ben. I mean, well, how can we, how do we follow that up, Ben? How do we? How do you, I'm gonna let you go next. You you go. Oh, thanks, thanks, Rod. <clears throat> oh, it's it's tough. Uh, yeah, you you said it all really well. I agree with a lot of what you said. The um, yeah, performances across the board. The the balance of the comedy, but also those dark moments, and you're thinking, what is going on here? Um, plus those uh, the poignant moments, like you said, that get really uh. I mean, I get get emotional too. Just sitting on the couch <laughs> watching this, uh, I, yeah, I remember it hit me hard. So, yeah, it's it's still my favorite show as well. With you know, variety of the episodes alone, <laughs> also adding to it. Um, and I feel like this one was structured really well too, which kind of is different with some of the later shows. And I've said before the the finale, kind of those last two episodes, kind of dipped a little bit because it it didn't. Well, besides the emotional stuff, but the kind of story wise, I was like, ah, I don't know how well this works. But I, looking back on it, it, it was a really good ride, and I, I think it with nine episodes, they did space it out really well and have a, a really good story. So, yeah, still still my favorite. Okay, well. I'm going to try to keep this brief. <clears throat> when I was a kid, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, you know, I think TK kind of said it too, Ben, like we met a lot of people for the first time, Ben, through this show, doing those IG lives, you know, um, and just the weekly theorizing, well, this is, 
this is where the theorizing stuff kind of got out of control a little bit with WandaVision. Uh, when we all thought Reed Richards would appear on a TV show, and I was one of those people. So, I mean, that that's my own damn fault, too, for believing that Reed Richards would actually appear in a TV series first, not a movie. Um, but that was part of the fun of it, too. And, you know, the, the variety of the episodes, the decade stuff was really cool. Uh, this, I think the characters, though, really make this show what it is. You know, just the different characters, you know, Wanda and Vision, just their chemistry. It's so, it's so beautiful. Um and the kids in there bringing in uh, Catherine Hahn as Agatha was a great addition. Uh, Monica Rambo, Tiana Paris, thank you, thank you, Brain. Um, she was excellent in this series. There is Ben. I I go back. I love that talent show episode. That second episode. I love that. That was so much fun, man. Yeah. And then it gets dark. It just just with one word when she says no, it's like oh fuck, she has this much this much control of this uh of this whole thing because you know when when this thing starts out right, you're thinking oh she's probably trapped right, she's probably trapped in something you know and she's got to find her way out. And then episode two, it's like oh no, she's a part of this thing. So um, and then it's it's fun to uncover more and more of what Wanda did and vision uncovering because vision's kind of our eyes a little bit right but as vision's uncovering stuff we're also uncovering stuff and we haven't mentioned our man jimmy woo guys was also back in the series too and he was great i love kat dennings just not in the marvel universe and she changed my mind in one episode i i thought she was great in this series uh she kind of went away in that finale and then she you know came in and hit somebody with a car in the finale i was like oh okay that was haha funny but, you know, Kat Dennings was great. I wasn't as underwhelmed with as the, with the finale as you were, Ben. I, I did like the finale a little bit more. The I think what kind of takes you a bit back is the fighting, right? The fighting, because everything else is kind of, in WandaVision terms, a little bit more grounded than the, you know, the flying in the sky and everything. But I still enjoyed it. Um, the post credit scenes, too, were great. Uh, like I said, the only other comic book show I love more than this is The Boys. But this was emotional. It was funny. It was heartbreaking, uh, heartwarming. That Halloween episode, too, Ben, was a really great standout. But I think the episode that I will always go back to is episode eight. I think that's one of the best episodes of television, period. And I think that's one of the gold standard for Disney Plus, just following that format. And there's another show we're going to talk about later that came out this year that rivals episode eight. Um, and I'll talk about it when we get to that show. But, um, for me, WandaVision gets an S. It's one of my favorite Marvel shows. It's still my favorite Marvel Disney Plus show, but it's also one of my favorite shows of all time. So, uh, TK, where are you at? Yes, didn't mention this before. I got carried away. Yes, S tier, absolutely, for WandaVision. Oh, we usually add, we, we usually ask at the very end. Oh, at the end? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do it at the very end for this for this one. Yes. You better. All right. <laughs> okay, so... We start off. We we start out strong, guys. Right? Yeah. A couple weeks later, we hit Falcon Winter Soldier. Now Ben knows this TK, but this was the show I was most looking forward to of anything Disney Plus related coming out of Marvel. Right. Uh, was Falcon Winter Soldier. <laughs> there are things I love about this show, Ben and TK, and there are things I don't like, and I go back and forth with this all the time. Um, because Ben, the strong points of this show are really fucking good, like Isaiah Bradley. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan's performances, um, the ability to let these characters kind of just sit with these characters and let them kind of, rev, you know, sit, revel in the, in the situations they get themselves into. 
Um, I love the I love kind of the commentary and the tackling of Sam, a black man carrying the shield. John Walker was fantastic. And I actually like the story centered around the Flag Smashers. They gave him a good story. But then I'm going to mention this throughout the episode too. There are movies or there are shows that would have been better as movies. And this is one of them. Falcon Winter Soldier should have been the starting point for a, a Sam Wilson Captain America trilogy. Uh, especially going back and rewatching now. It does flow better on rewatch. But I think a movie would have been a lot better for this particular story. But I digress a little bit because we get Dancing Zemo, Ben. I love Dancing Zemo. And Marvel, knowing how much we all love Dancing Zemo, put out a 24-hour loop of uh, Dancing Zemo, which I will admit I watched quite a few times. I, I love I that. That was that was brilliant. Those um, were the days. Those were the days, man. The finale, Ben, was underwhelming. Very, very. This is one of the more underwhelming, disappointing finales. Um, and the reveal of the power broker was... I mean, so freaking obvious. But one of my favorite scenes in this entire series is actually the beginning of the best episode of the series, I think, is episode four. When we the flashback to Wakanda when Bucky gets freed from the mind from the Winter Soldier programming. No words are spoken. It's just him and his emotions fighting back, you know, fighting back the core words, him tearing up. It was beautiful. Um episode five was really good too. I just the Flag Smasher stuff could have been better. I think at times been the pacing is just bad. The pacing in this show was really bad. And action-wise, I think it's actually pretty solid. Especially the first episode when Sam's on his first mission. I love the, that first aerial fight sequence. So yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say my final letter grade after you guys are done talking, but I'm between a B and a C right now. Like a high C, low B. But I... I I'm going to come on a definitive great once we're done talking. So, Ben, you go up next. Yeah, so this one, I haven't gone back to rewatch uh, this one or some of the other shows even, too. But, yeah, it, uh, it kind of underwhelmed. But uh, kind of like you are saying, the, the high moments were really good. Um, I still can't get the picture out of my head of uh, John Walker when he's beating up the guy with the shield. I mean, that was brutal. My jaw was on the floor. Um, so stuff like that really sticks out. Isaiah Bradley, too, every time we saw him. Uh, and the the writing in, in scenes like those is really, really good and, and impactful. But then, yeah, there's Power Broker stuff. There's just some other stuff sprinkled in that's not not quite as good, kind of not confusing, but not, not as fun, I guess. And... Yeah, I still think that action scene in the beginning was the best. Uh, I was really disappointed with the, is it the truck on the highway? That whole fight scene was. Well, I was more disappointed with that because they basically showed it all in the trailers that they put out. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, um, there is one fight though that I loved. That was the beginning of episode five when the three of them are fighting for the shield. Well, that's know. true. Yeah, that, yeah. That was, that was a that had Civil War. Yeah. Um, a lot of the parallels there in terms of their fight, that how br- brutal that fight was. But I'm sorry. Yep. Go, ahead. Go ahead. No, that's a good good shout for that one too. Um but yeah, there's just there there's a lot of cutting and then random jokes and stuff. But yeah, and then the finale, like you said, isn't <laughs> definitely not top tier uh finales. But then like Sam's speech, that really got to me, and that was great. So yeah, kind of hit or miss on a lot of stuff, but 
you said B or C. I yeah, I'd go probably high C, honestly for me. DK. So I, I find myself in agreement with a lot of what you both are already saying. Definitely hit or miss. Um, again, it's something that I, I was really excited for. I love these characters. I love Sam and Bucky and was really excited for the show. Yeah, I love Captain America. And um, the, the highs were high. A lot of them you guys already mentioned, um, especially that episode five for me. Like I loved the training montage of Sam with the shield. Like that was so... Uh, that was really moving and just and just really awesome to see. I really agree with something you said before, Rod, about the pacing. Like, I think it was the pacing that felt off and the sense that, like, it, it felt like a movie that was cut up kind of in weird, weird places. And I agree with you that I think it would have been better uh, suited as a movie um, for me because I just I love those characters so much. And thinking about all of the shows that have come out it is one that i find myself like wanting to revisit and having revisited more than some of the others um for that reason i am i'm definitely like in the in the b range for falcon the winter soldier you know that's i i think it is worth the rewatch tk because it actually flows better on a rewatch it's just the finale is just it, in that pace it's the it really is the pacing for me but that is like the biggest gripe i have with this series and the pacing just could really be better like the performances wise grads right are all great even um emily van camp and sharon carter she's great in the scene she's in it's just i don't like the stuff they gave her character and the power broker stuff i i don't care about the review i don't care that she's the power broker just don't make it like a surprise like oh i'm the power broker like we we know we we, we kind of figured this out when we first saw you so i said high c ben low b you know, excited. I'll tend. I'll I'll go low B, B just because of the performances are are, are kind of they can they can manage. They can outweigh some of the other stuff, other issues I have with it, but it still is a. It was disappointing because I did have high expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good with B. Okay, all right. So I'll put in the B category. But I will say I am glad that. Sam and Isaiah Bradley going to be, or Isaiah Bradley is going to be in the Captain America New World Order film. I'm very happy about that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious where Sharon Carter fits into this larger universe moving forward. Uh, I'm very curious what they're going to do with her character. I'm expecting to see her in Thunderbolts, probably. I, I have a feeling that she probably has more of a connection with Valentina than maybe we even realize, and maybe even see her pop up in New World Order. Who knows? But I am happy that Sebastian Stan won't be in the World Order, um, just because it'd be great to see just Sam be Sam and just let him do his thing, and you know we'll have Sebastian Stan be on Thunderbolts. So, okay, we hit the summertime, guys, of 2021, and that's where we get Loki. Now, Ben, I, you know, we talked about it before the release, <clears throat> did not really want a Loki series because. He had such a beautiful ending, and beautiful, as be, you know, brutal and devastating as it was, it was fitting for his character to kind of go out that way, yeah, saving his brother. Um, we all knew he kind of escaped Endgame, or he escaped in Endgame. You know, when he went back in time, right in that 2012 timeline. That's where the Loki series picks up. But yeah, in a way, then I was kind of like, man, that would just be fun of like, can we just imagine what happened? I don't really don't want to know. Like, can we just all kind of like imagine what happens? Like, let us let our minds 
you know, figure it out. Let our imaginations figure out what happens to Loki after that. I don't really care what happens to him. Well, Ben, this turns out to be my second favorite MCU Disney Plus series. I love this series so much. But we're going to start with you first, Ben. Talk about Loki. Ooh, okay. Um, I like Tom Hiddleston a lot and the character, so I was kind of you know semi looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it it pulled me in from the beginning. I was really interested in this kind of new, uh, new world, I guess, of the the TVA and everything. And learn about all them. Uh, Mobius, Owen Wilson didn't think he'd be in the MCU, but they they keep you know pulling in these these big and various names. Yeah, so I I, I had a lot of fun with this one. It it gets weird, it gets wacky, but I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't until like a few episodes in that I remembered hearing before that the story was going to be more like Loki going through different time periods. I think, which I was excited about that. I, I like, you know, history and stuff. But uh, yeah, I was really happy with with what we got because I was enjoying it. And didn't really uh, think about all those those rumors before. So yeah, and the I you know I'm a big score guy. This the score for this was incredible. Uh, Natalie Holt. It's super sci-fi and super weird, and I have it in my regular rotation now, uh, many of the main themes. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, another, uh, Richard E. Grant didn't know about him showing up and he, he has a little bit of screen time, but he, uh, definitely leaves an impact too at the, at the end there. Glorious purpose. Yes. Uh, and then King, of course, get the introduction of him at the end, which, you know, at the end, might have been expecting a big battle scene or something, but I glad we did it. Yeah, I did appreciate the. Uh, there was a lot of talking in that episode. It is still impactful, of course, and that kind of twist, <laughs> big reveal at the end, is uh, definitely, you know, leaves us shocked. But I really like the conversations they had, and how scary Miss Minutes can be popping up out of nowhere. Do <laughs> you watch that, that at three a.m. Yeah, and then having that scene pop, almost like, oh my god, that's good. Dropped your pop tarts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you remembered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my pop tarts. Yeah. Um, man, no more strikes for you, man. You remembered. Good, good. See, so, TK, why can't you remember? I had pop tarts, TK. What the hell? Well, she, she hasn't gone yet. Um, yeah. So I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, this is my second favorite show, also overall. Oh. Uh, and if we're giving scores now, yeah, I we can will. Go you can, you, yeah, you know what? Moving forward, TK, yeah, you can go ahead and say what you want to place it after you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I should have thought about it before I posed that. Okay. Um, okay. I'll go. I'll go S. Also, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna let, I'm gonna go next because I, I I just want to talk about Kang. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I Jonathan Majors just left such a huge impression on me. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, I have loved Jonathan Majors. Ben, I think Ben remembers when I was bringing up Lovecraft Country during those early days of COVID. I saw him in that, and then Ben told me to watch Black Man, Last Black Man in San Francisco because he kept telling me how much I was going to love. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. And then we had that A24 episode this past summer. I was like, all right, fine, I'll finally watch it. Yeah, I was very impressed. I was very, very impressed with Jonathan Majors in that. I just love the career path he's going on, guys, and he's he's going to be a great king. And he's not even really king here; he's just he who remains, right? So, I'm 
I bet the Avengers wish they could just deal with this king. Um, because this is the nice, this is probably nice, that's probably the nicest version of Kane we'll see in the MCU moving forward. I want to give a shout out to to Sophia Di Martina or so Sophia is it Sophie Di Martina? I can't I can't remember. Sophia or Sophie. I'm I'm drawing a blank here, Ben. But it's either Sophie or Sophia who plays Sylvie. Was not expecting that, Ben. NTK, but I loved her character. Her dynamic with Loki is really, really good. The more I go back and watch the show, Ben, like I still think episode three is the weakest, but I start to appreciate a little bit more because you really get to know, like, you learn about Loki's sexuality, like you know what he prefers and all that stuff. And this they're back and forth. And the ending is really like, oh man, like like really devastating. Like, oh man, they, they could actually die on this planet, even though we all knew they weren't going to. It kind of leaves that feeling like for a week of man are they really gonna die here one wilson's great gugu and batha Ra, i think is how you pronounce her name i liked her a lot i'm excited to see where her character goes into season two where she kind of looks for a well i forgot exactly the words she was looking for and what you know what you know what her path is for season two but she's going for looking for a purpose as well and I'm curious because Ben and I were talking about this TK last, I think it was a couple of days ago, actually, um, that season two is going to be rumored to be dealing with rogue TVA agents. Um, so I'm curious if that's the storyline they're going with, and we're going to get an adult version of Sylvia as well, which I find really fascinating. I think the six-episode structure actually works best in this series. I don't think it works best for any other show, but this show, I think it worked the best. Here. I think the pacing was really good. I pretty much loved all the episodes. Uh, episode three, like I said, still a little weak on, but overall, really great. And the finale was something I was not expecting. And I'm glad we got that instead of the usual kind of throwdown stuff. And if you want to, if you don't want to see Tom Hiddleston's arc in the Infinity Saga, he goes through his own arc in about six episodes. And it's it's really wonderful to see uh, play out on screen and his relationship with Mo- uh, Morbius. Mobius is really good you know ben i i i I always cry when they have that hug in episode five and loki says uh thank you my friend i'm like god damn it man like the show knows how it gets you the these are the the earlier shows that there's not a tug at the heartstrings i think uh some of the later shows they kind of are missing a little bit but this show really got kind of the heartstrings so i am also at s for this show ben i freaking love this it's in my top 10 in the mcu as well with wandavision so i no complaints with Loki at all. I'm so excited for season two. So I said I wasn't going to talk a lot. I'm still talking a lot. So TK, go next. I apologize. I I really appreciate everything that both of you guys said about the show. And, you know, one of the things that I didn't mention before when, when I was giving my overall thoughts on phase four is that one of the things that I have enjoyed about phase four is the ways in which, and sometimes it worked out well and sometimes it didn't, but the ways in which that they, they, um, deviated from the so-called Marvel formula, which, you know, we could say maybe that was like not a thing to begin with, but they really have proven how they're, they're taking risks and doing unique things. And Loki like shares a lot of qualities with, with WandaVision in that way. What makes WandaVision so great is like just that getting outside the box, you know, and um, Loki is just a really solid sci-fi world show uh the introduction of the tva and miss minutes and in so so few episodes they were able to really establish like a lore to what this is and it's just incredibly impressive on top of everything you guys already said about majors and sophia di martino and like uh, you know and hiddleston himself like owen wilson like 
all, all of the things that you guys say, I, I'll echo. Um, and, ju and just to add that, that it, it's just a really solid sci-fi show. And I, I love the aesthetic of it. You know, Ben mentioned the score. So super, super solid S tier from me too. I want to ask you guys a question. And, you know, it's different because, you know, it's been six, this had six episodes and it's, you know, it wasn't a movie. I think this is actually Tom Hiddleston's best performance as Loki. I know it's tough right then because, you know, TV, you know, you have more time to, you know, right. more, you know to, to, to act and all that stuff. But I think this, the first Loki and Ragnarok are the best performances of Tom Hiddleston uh, in the MCU. Uh, I mean, he's great in everything. Those three performances just really stand out to me the most. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think this is this is his best. But he also got to do a lot more. So right. I mean, it's kind of. But movie wise, I probably go with I probably go with Ragnarok. Yeah, I think I would too. TK, you have a favorite Hillson movie performance? That's a good question. I, I hadn't totally thought about that, but yeah, it's, I think it's also it's got to be Ragnarok for sure. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's move on. Let's get to our first movie. Speaking of movies, guys, um, Black Widow. Now, I have told this story before, Ben. Mm -hmm. I was very, 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 very high on this movie coming out. And I think a part of that was just getting back to seeing an MC movie in the theater again. That hype was real, Ben. Just hearing that Marvel intro play for the first time in a theater since uh, Far From Home. Man, it just gives you the chills it gives you the goosebumps and i did love the movie ben and i and i keep going back and forth with this movie because the third act is disappointing but i i remember when tk was on here last year talking about mc when we did our 2021 review how much he loves the movie so tk i'm gonna go to you your thoughts on black widow do your thoughts still hold up a year later you know where are you at with black widow right now so I'm a huge fan of this movie. I'm a huge fan of the Black Widow character and Scarlett Johansson's performance. And I, this movie really spoke to me and really resonated with me in so many ways. I just absolutely love the performances uh, from, from Scarlett, from Florence Pugh, her introduction as Yelena, just like such an amazing new character in the MCU. Uh, David Harbour as Red Guardian. Like it, it was just, I, I thought um, it captured a lot two of what I like so much about Captain America Winter Soldier, like more of that kind of, you know, ground level stakes and really like this deep portrait of this character who, who I've um, cared about so much. And, uh, you know, a lot of people's criticism was all oh, this, you know, should have come out earlier and knowing that she dies at Endgame kind of takes away some of it. And I, I understand that, but for me, I knowing that she was going to die in Endgame made it all the more powerful for me to like really see this moment in time, like in that moment after Civil War, like have that opportunity to go back in time and see what that was like for her. So um, I am aware that kind of like my own personal biases that come from the resonance that the film had with me um, are what contributes to it being a film that I can rewatch so many times and really enjoy. Um, but when I try to put on a little bit more objectivity and think about the MCU as a whole, um, I do see the issues with that third act um, and with the way that it wrapped up with um, Drakov and the final confrontation with him. And so I, I can see that it is not 
um, you know, a perfect film by any means, though it is one that I, I love dearly. Um, so I can, I can kind of um, compartmentalize that, that personal feeling with um, thinking about the role it plays in the larger MCU, um, that it's, it's, you know, not necessarily at the same level as some of the other movies we're going to talk about tonight. So TK, the personal biases are allowed because we're all MCU fans here. And Ben knows there's some characters out or there's some movies on here that I'm going to have some very strong personal biases on. One that's coming up in a little bit that I will have, Ben's going to have to give me a timer because he knows how much I love these, uh, these next couple of movies because I, I can't shut up about them. But uh, uh, personal biases are allowed. Okay. All right. That, so don't, don't, whatever. you just got to speak your mind. Tell the <laughs> truth. All right. Don't do the no, don't, don't, do not pan her down. Don't do any of that stuff. How you feel is how you feel. So that's why we're so welcoming. You know, I, I always appreciate this about, about, uh, about your podcast. And I know there's a lot of strong personalities, a lot of strong opinions. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> including, <laughs> including some people like me who are really big fans of the film Black Widow. Um, so, but you know, for personal rankings in terms of how much I've watched it and, and how much the characters and performances resonated with me, it's on my S. Um, and then, you know, again, I could also see it moving down um, based upon some of those, you know, third act issues and, and placement in the timeline kind of, you know, uh, feelings that, that some folks have. But it, it's definitely on my personal S tier in my heart. That's what we want. We want that. We want. We want that personal. You know, when you when people come on here, Ben, they get personal, right? Don't don't worry about what other people are gonna say or think. You do you, two K TK. I almost said two K TK. So, all right, I'm gonna be real quick with myself, but my, with my Ben, I'm gonna let you go. Um, so let me get to page three here. I'm just kidding. Um, with Black Widow, Ben, I'm at the point now, a year later, really do enjoy the movie. I really, it's it's probably it's in my top. I just put my letterbox and where it's ranked. Um, it's 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 I think it's in my top fifteen. I it's just that third act is disappointing because the first two acts are so grounded. Um, but what keeps this film together is that family dynamic, that family chemistry, and Florence Pugh and and Scarlett Johansson's relationship. Love I I love the bickering I love their chemistry I love their banter I love when they you know when they get in the fights like I love that sisterly fight they have in the, in the, when they first get together um I even love the prologue and that prologue was great it's right you know there is one thing that bothers me about this movie though there is a deleted scene in which it was an alternate ending and that alternate ending should have been the actual ending to the movie that ending is so much more impactful you know going just piggybacking off what TK was saying about impactful. I think that ending was a lot better than what they put in there, you know, but they had to put in that MCU tie into, Hey, Natasha's going to help cat break everyone out of prison. Like, Ooh, really? We don't really mean to know that. Okay. So I, I don't know, Ben, that's just like my own personal gripe, but yeah, the family dynamic is definitely the strongest point here. Um, I actually didn't mind the showdown between Drake off and, and I almost said Draco between Drake off and uh, yeah, I don't know why I almost said Draco. My mind was on Harry Potter for a second. Uh, Malfoy, Drake, yeah, yeah. <laughs> between Drake off and Natasha, I actually like that. And the fight between her and the other Black Widows, it's the fight between her and Taskmaster TK that I found disappointing. 
because they hyped it up in the trailers and the promotional materials, and to have it end like that was like, eh. but then TK they made up for it with the whistle at the very end. I was like, oh, damn, they got me, they got me with that whistle. Um, and then the post credit scene, I think it's one of the best post credit scenes Marvel's done lately. Um, so yeah, I I'm at an A. I'm at a, I'm at a strong A with Black Widow. Um, where you at, Ben? All right. Uh... So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think as as much as you guys. I haven't gone back and watched this one either, uh, rewatched. But I'm a big uh, Scarlett Johansson fan. If you guys didn't know, um, nope, had no idea. <laughs> really? Okay, well, but yeah, the 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 standout for me here was Florence Pugh uh, with her introduction to the character, and I'm really excited to see where she goes moving forward. Uh, Red Guardian too. Interested to see where they where they use him uh, or how they'll use him. But the, uh, uh, you took a lot of my points, <laughs> uh, Rod, with the same sentiments on the first two acts really good. Third's a little disappointing. Um, and that, I think you talked about that first action scene where the sisters meet and take each other in that like apartment is, is really cool. Really good. And yeah, the prologue too, you called out with the, the like opening credits uh with the nirvana cover and going through telling some of the story too without you know dialogue and stuff it's really good they uh they could do that more often in mcu it would be cool but yeah overall a good time family and and everything was played out well but that third act was kind of disappointing and also on taskmaster i didn't have the background from the comics so a lot i know a lot of people said oh they wasted the character but i, I like the reveal and and the build-up and everything but the yeah that that final fight wasn't that impactful and then just kind of she just went away at the end so interested to see if she'll come back but yeah a lot of the same sentiments as you but i personally i have it like at a at a b i would say so we're kind of spread out yes uh yes tk is at an s i'm at an a and ben is at a b so this is very confusing. It <laughs> happened, actually. I don't think this is very rare. Average. Where should we put? Where do we put this, guys? Yeah, I guess we can we can average out at an A. All right, we'll put it at an A. Okay, first movies at an A. So that means these other movies coming up, we're going to be at an S. So let's move on to what if. Oh, by the way, Ben, going back to that Scarlett Johansson thing real quick, I was looking at our statistics for our podcast the other day and the actresses you and I are the biggest fans of are actually t- are, are, are the two uh, highest listened episodes with the Dakota, Dakota Johnson, the Scarlett Johansson. So I found that really fun. I was like, yeah, interesting. Yeah. You know, that all plays out. <laughs> People knew we'd be excited for that one. I guess. I, I, guess. I, Those... I, have, I have no idea, but I don't know how that happens. I don't know. Um, okay. So let's move on to yes. What if, what if this show was good? <laughs> there are episodes that I really liked. I don't like how the show started though, Ben. I really wanted like that. Uh, I almost said Captain Peggy. I need to go to sleep. Captain Carter episode. Didn't like that all that much. I honestly, Ben, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Jaw episode either. I think it was just more of just hearing the voice one more time, right? But episode as a whole, I was like. It's good. It's okay. 
I really liked episode three though, but that's just my Avengers bias right there, right? Just seeing, you know, kind of the mystery and everything of all these Avengers dying and having them figure out what's going on, how they're all dying, getting killed off. But let's be honest, guys, that's all about episode four, Doctor Strange. That was the episode we were all just like, holy shit, that was awesome. Um, emotional animation too, that was really beautiful. The battles were creative, which I love. I love the, the creativity of some of the battles. Was frightening, and the best exploration of Doctor Strange and Doctor Palmer's relationship, even better than Multiverse of Madness. The series as a whole, though, Ben, it's like, eh? you know, um, yeah. So that fourth episode, the third episode, three episode four, and I'm in the minority here where I like the Party Four episode. I thought that was kind of fun, and the episode lead after that, the part one of two of the Ultron. Of the Ultimate Ultron episode, I know I, know I said that wrong. I forgot what they called it in this, but um, I, I liked episode eight as well. So it was kind of like my highlights, but it's very inconsistent. And th this show really had a thing for killing off Tony Stark one too many times, and it was really starting to give me nightmares and PTSD. So I hope they don't do that in season two, Ben, because I need to stop. I need to stop seeing that. So. I'm at a strong C with this. I'm not a not a low B, not a low high, low B, none of that crap. Strong C. Uh, TK, you're up next. I think you nailed it with inconsistent. That's the biggest feeling that that I had as well. I mean, you know, it was cool to see Marvel's first foray into animation, and I uh, agree that there were some high points. I, uh, you know, you mentioned a few of that standout episodes. I also really liked the second to last episode with Ultron and Natasha and Clint. Uh, I'm such big fans of those characters, so I enjoyed seeing that, um, and a lot of the voice performances were great. Um, that being said, this is not one that just really sticks with me too much. Um, I, I'm not a, a huge fan of the animated format um, often, and so um, you know there was a little bit of barrier to entry for me to begin with, and I. Um, yeah, just definitely not my favorite. And that inconsistency really stands out. So I like you, Rod, I, I'm solidly in that in that C range. Okay, Ben, what say you? I am basically about the same as y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah, C, strong C. Uh, I appreciate the variety and the, the stories always seemed interesting up front, <laughs> but then I didn't always like the uh, the execution of them. Plus with them being so short, you couldn't get into, uh, you know, the full story sometimes. I, I really did like that uh, T'Challa episode, though. I thought that was uh, that was fun. And then the was it like the nice Thanos, I guess, or he was, you know, working with the Guardians and stuff. Um, I did so, like that. That was that that was neat. Yeah, some of the quirky stuff they threw in there was was good and fun to see. But oh yeah, overall not too memorable. Okay, so. We were at a strong seat across the board. And it was, I said Ultimate Ultron, man. Infinity Ultron. I don't know why. I was like, I don't know why I said Ultimate Ultron. Infinity Ultron was the, uh, was the name of that. So, very quick there. Okay, these next two I could talk all day about. So, I can't, I can't, I'm refusing to go first for these next two. Um, ben and TK both know how strongly I feel about these next two projects. So, I'm going to let TK go first and talk about Shang-Chi. You know, I, I think if you were to have spoken to me about a year ago, I would have 
you know, talked about how awesome I, I, a lot of Shang-Chi was for me, how much I love that bus fight scene, how much I love the scaffolding fight scene in Macau, how much I love the introduction of this character. And I think I would have tempered my, my excitement a little bit with like, oh, I wasn't as huge of a fan of the third act, uh, stuff in Talo didn't work for me as much. But you know what? Now, like a year after this film has come out, the amount of times I have rewatched this and like, if I think to myself right now, like which of these movies do I want to go rewatch? Like Shang-Chi, like it is so rewatchable. This is such an amazing origin story for this character. And it just to this day, like really sticks out as um, one of the high points of phase four for me. So I, I think that um, despite my original feelings of, you know, for whatever reason, kind of like maybe focusing on those those few points of critique, um, the more I watch the movie, those critiques go away. And um, I just, the fact that it's just, I don't know what else to say other than like, it's the one that I'm always kind of like, oh, could be cool to put on Shang-Chi right now. Like it, it's just got that vibe to it. And um, so yeah, Shang-Chi has kind of moved up in my personal rankings. And um, I, I don't know, I am such an MCU fan, so I don't want to overrank everything, but Shang-Chi is like an S tier for me. Shit, I'll do that all fucking day. I don't <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> do not worry about that, TK. Overrank if you want to. Go ahead. Go for it. Okay, Ben, I can do this. Fight the power. Go ahead, Ben. Talk about talk about Shang-Chi. Okay, so uh, you hit the nail on the head there with rewatchable. Really good. A lot of fun. Perfect origin story, like you said. Uh, very different from a lot of the other um, origin stories I think we've gotten uh, in, in structure also uh, of the, the story. The, the third act I kind of agree a little bit um, with people saying that it was a little, I don't know, not underwhelming, but maybe a little drawn out or, or something with that, the big dragon fight, but it's so awesome to watch <laughs> that I'm like, okay, that, that's fine. Uh, just having a good time. Uh, this one was also my first 4DX experience in the theater. So that's a cool memory tied with that, uh, which is a lot of fun with the, you know, camera swirling around everything. Uh, got to call out Wenwu uh, on this one for being an awesome villain and all the, the action scenes with him. Uh, I always think about that one when he's uh, Shang-Chi's young and they're in the, was it the restaurant or bar type thing? And the camera just follows the round <laughs> and, and you get the reaction from, uh, from, from everyone. So yeah, really a lot of memorable scenes in this one. You called out the bus fight. Um, and the the scaffolding is really good. The score for this one also want to call out the Joel P. West, I believe is who it was. Really good score. Uh, that one's in my rotation as well. Listen to a lot. So yeah, I I really enjoy it a lot. Uh, S or A tier? I I would probably say high A for me, but I'd be perfectly fine with S. Well, that's, that's where it's going. It's going in okay. the S tier. Okay. Right? <laughs> I'm putting that to bed right now. A S. It's going in the S tier. So, okay, I can do this, guys. I can. I can. I can make this quick. Timer starts now. Damn it. Okay. Yeah, I. For those of you who have listened, I got to see this like almost a month early. 
and it was i took my sister with me to come see this and she had no interest in seeing this at all and she left a changed woman no but she she had she ended up having a really good time watching this too and you guys have hit the nail on the head with the whole rewatchability this is probably the phase four film i have rewatched the most and it is the phase four film i saw the most in theaters almost 10 times in theaters um this is seemingly you who i got to watch i gotta get a shout to my buddy mark ben um told me to watch kim's convenience before watching shang chi and he's so good in kim's convenience and so going into this i already had a little bit of background on simu leo but he owns this role so well and i think while we all at least for me personally attached to him is just because he's just so likable man he is such a likable character he's relatable you know very laid back you know doesn't have but he's also got this dark past and he you know he carries that on him you know throughout this film but he handles himself so well in those action sequences the bus sequence the scaffolding sequence um the fight with his father at the very end which was emotional i love the third act but i understand why people don't and i remember i remember telling you that then when i, when I reviewed it for the podcast i was like you're either gonna love it or you are not gonna be on it because it's it is out there it is something different um i remember just my my sister and i ryan when she saw it we were just staring at you know just like looking back at each other like did they just do that they bring another dragon oh, oh another bigger dragon okay yeah we're just gonna keep on getting ridiculous with this but you know the audience was eating it up we were eating it up and then it gets emotional with the final battle and when we're sacrificing himself to save his son and he's a different type of villain right he's doing evil things but he's a family man and you appreciate that because he his wife definitely did change him for the better until she of course she tragically died in the film yeah the family drama here is so good and something we haven't talked about then yet which i want to talk about because you know i love these two so much is seemingly you see me liu and aquafina's chemistry is off the charts they are they're back and forth their banter is so good i love their platonic friendship I just hope Marvel, they don't make them a couple. Please don't do it. I just just keep them as really, really close friends. And I hope the sister gets more to do in the future of the MCU. I really love what they did with her. Um, yeah, this is a highly, highly rewatchable film for me personally. It is one of my favorites. It's, that I always flirt with like putting this in my top five at the MCU because it's just so fucking good. I love it. It's outside my top five, but it's it's I, it's wonderful. So I'm at an S tier with Shang-Chi. So we will go ahead and put this on the S tier. I did it, guys. I didn't spend half an hour talking about it. Oh, shit, Eternals. Okay, so Ben, go first. This is where we get divisive. And this oh, is kind yeah. of where the business really kind of started with the MCU, where I feel like a lot of feelings, negative feelings with the MCU kind of started with Eternals, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so Ben, take it away. Yeah, so we've talked about this one a lot. Uh, talking about, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> episodes listened to a lot. I think this one was up there too, <laughs> but because we had a lot of uh, debating them back and forth. Yeah, I, there's a lot to appreciate. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll call out the score, Rod. Uh, it's really good. I love this score so much, man. <laughs> yep. The, the cinematography, uh, the casting, I think, is perfect. And I mean, the, the performances across the board, I really liked. But yeah, it's that wide scope of the story getting the band back together that's two-thirds of the movie and then i was kind of disappointed by the the last battle that uh hasn't really been brought up again uh, we talk about <laughs> joke about how there's a big 
you know, stone pit structure or whatever, just sitting in the celestial just sticking out in the sky. Yeah. No one has bought it up except for a quick reference in She Hulk. So, I mean, I. Right, right. Sweet Jesus, MCU. Yeah. Yeah. The the villain kind of definitely underwhelming, the the main villain, but then they throw in that twist with Icarus and stuff. Yeah. So, the the story wise for me, it's, it's rather disappointing. Um, but I, th- I there's there's stuff I can appreciate and I I can understand the love but yeah definitely uh, lower on the the tier list for me I I kind of even D kind of seems harsh <laughs> uh, so yeah I low low C for me the hell did you just say <laughs> TK back me up here come on TK you got my back right well it's it's your turn TK so you got back me up here. I I don't think that I have this film ranked quite as high as you, Rod, but I love this film. I've rewatched it a bunch of times and I, you know, I, were there some obstacles to overcome with the fact that it's introducing so many new characters? It's balancing such a large cast. Absolutely. Did the deviants totally work for me? No, but the themes in this movie, the the depth of of these characters and their connection, uh, the uh, the way that it deals with human history, and as a as a history nerd, I just loved seeing these um, these different time periods and. I love this movie. I find it to be very rewatchable. And I wasn't sure when I first saw it, if it would be, but I love the music. I love the aesthetic. It, it, it feels like a beautiful piece to me. And Eternals is definitely on, on my A tier. Okay. Then I can do this. All right. What a picture. What a, what a, what a, what a masterpiece of a film this is. And there is something that Ben and I did agree on. The only thing him and I really agreed on the Arisham exposition dump is still unnecessary or not unnecessary. It goes on way too long. Um, I think there's a good cutoff point there. That being said, then I adore this film so much. And this is the film when people bitch and complain about the Marvel formula, they need to take a look at Eternals and that it complete because this film for the most part doesn't even feel like an mcu movie even the final battle to an extent doesn't really feel like in a typical mcu battle because it's really just family fighting each other and i love that i get the criticisms about the deviants dk because they're 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 just kind of there to push the plot forward they're not really necessary they're not all that effective but for those listening for the first time if you have good characters and great emotion I can forgive other stuff. And this film has plenty of really great emotion within all 10 of these new characters. Each character is different. I love this very very diverse cast. It's probably Marvel's most diverse cast uh, yet. I mean, then you talk about Fastos, Kingo, Icarus, um, Cersei. I mean, Salma Hayek is in the MCU. Holy shit, that is awesome. Holy shit, Brian Tyree Henry's in the MCU. Oh my god, Barry Keoghan Ben is in the MCU. Like, what? Angelina Jolie is in the MCU. Now I did feel like she was probably gonna join at some point, but oh my goodness, she's in the MCU now. I'm, I love that. And she's she was my biggest takeaway. I love what they did with the character Athena. But and Makari too, guys. Makari's wonderful. I love how they handled her speed when they showed off her in those sequences, like when she goes to find the point, Ben. 
when they just show her just like running. I love the way she runs in this. It's better than the whole flippity flappity of the, the Flash and the DCU, whatever the hell that is. Um, the story, the the world building of the MCU done here is so interesting to me, and I'm just curious of where this how. Every time I go back and rewatch it, but I just, I'm just curious how it's going to fit with the rest of the story they're telling in the MCU, because it is so vast. It is so different, right? But TK also put up his point, too, of, like, the history. I'm not the biggest, I'm not as big a history buff as say, you and, and TK are, Ben, but I didn't, I did appreciate what they did in terms of incorporating history into the story. Um, especially, was it Hiroshima with, with, uh, with, with Fastos? I love that kind of how that event shaped his life and his outlook on everything. Um, and then Cersei, just her love of humans and this, the love of this world and everything. There is so much this film could have gotten wrong because you're introducing so many different characters and because of the, 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 the vastness of the story and introducing so much. But Feige let this be a Chloe Zhao film. And honestly, Ben, this film, even though it's two hours and 37 minutes, it's technically the second, third longest film now in the MCU. Could have been longer. I think it probably should have been longer. Just so we could just, you know, learn more about this world and see more of these characters. Because there's some characters who get a little short change, right? Like Bakari, we kind of don't see her for a little bit. You know, Fastest, we kind of don't see for a little bit. But, you know, we're really following Cersei, Icarus, Sprite, and Kingo. Those are kind of like the four main Eternals we're kind of following here. But I also like their different philosophies and how they handle everything. But the, the the group dynamic, the family dynamic is so wonderful. Kyrun, Kingo's personal valet, I I love him so much. He was say he he really is the comic relief of the film in the film, and I thought he did a great job. It's not as rewatchable as say like a Shang Chi, but that's because it's a very heavy film, right? It's on that end game level, just in terms of heaviness, in terms of emotion, just storytelling. But yeah, for me, it's a it's a it's a high high s it is my third favorite film in the mcu just behind civil war and endgame i every time i watch it i just appreciate this the little stuff a lot more the score is beautiful it's my second favorite score in the mcu yeah i'm gonna leave it there i'm just curious when we're gonna get that sequel though because i i really just i i, I want that sequel announced there's been rumors of like well pat Oswald even came out and said yeah we're gonna do this and then those turn out to be kind of false and Fike hasn't said anything I think during this whole reworking of phase five and six, they're probably going to plan out, you know, where they're going to put it. It's, it's probably going to come phase six, more than likely. Um, so I'm at an S. TK, I think you said you were at an A. Ben's at a C. I guess we can put out a B for right now, a B or an A. I'm, I'm with, with either or. Uh, let's round up on the average. We can go with A. <laughs> Good. Since you'll okay. like it a lot. That's, 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 what, <laughs> that's what you wanted to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. I, I think I think for me it was definitely like in that high A. So mm-hmm. that sounds good. Don't think Ben. Don't you dare. What, what are you thinking, Ben, for? <laughs> I mean, never mind. Ben, how dare you? <laughs> Thank you, TK. Right. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Now, speaking of TK, she's very high up on, on Hawkeye. So I was about to call you Hawkeye. TK, take her away. Um, that would be such a great honor to be called Hawkeye. Um, the Hawkeye show really was everything that I could hope for because Hawkeye was not a character who resonated with me in the Infinity Saga. And, you know, thinking about the slate of shows coming out and the relationship I had had with that character, I was not particularly excited. 
But then in the lead up to it, I did read the Matt Fraction comics that everyone had recommended so much and really, really enjoyed those. And this show was everything that I could have wanted it to be. Um, is it absolutely perfect in terms of its pacing? No, but again, it's that personal connection thing. It's set at Christmas time. I love that it came out like around this time of year last year, like Thanksgiving weekend last year. I was telling Ben earlier tonight, like I'm looking forward to rewatching it this holiday season. It feels really rewatchable to me. I've rewatched it a number of times. Um, I thought Renner was great in this, and it's the first time that I really felt connected to the Hawkeye character. That episode, episode three, where we, we see such such range from him. You know, we see that that was the car chase scene episode, which I loved. And, um, and it's also the episode when he's on the phone with his son and, and really struggling to hear. And it's just such a, an emotional performance. And um, I loved Renner in this. Haley Steinfeld, I thought was an incredible, uh, right up there with uh, Florence Pugh as Yelena, like another introduction to the MCU. Um, that's just so strong, perfectly cast. And I'm so looking forward to where this character is gonna go in the future. Speaking of Yelena, she was great in this, um, that apartment mac and cheese scene, absolutely it, it, perfect, pitch perfect. Um, so that I think I already mentioned the Christmas setting, but like the, the music, the use of the Christmas music um, on top of the score, I just absolutely loved Hawkeye. Oh, mentioned before, huge fan of Natasha, Black Widow. And to see her legacy kind of live on in this show, dealing with Clint's, um, you know, Clint dealing with his relationship to, to her after her death. I, I for me, it, this, again, this is a personal S and, you know, understanding that that's not there for everybody. But for me, it's it's um, WandaVision, Loki and this one are the three shows that for me, I'm like S tier. I had to, I had to get it out, Ben. I had to get my Kate Bishop shirt out. I had to get, I had to get Ooh, it out. Yes. I had to get on my Kate Bishop shirt. I should have worn this today. But I had to support Dakota Johnson, of course, always. But I'm going to be quick here, Ben, because I wasn't the biggest fan of the Hawkeye show on first watch. I thought it was very uneven. It felt uneven. Uh, my biggest takeaway, of course, was Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop and uh, Jeremy Renner's performance as Hawkeye and the addition of Lawrence Pugh in the later episodes was good. I just didn't like the whole, you know, the, you know, the bro stuff and the and um, uh, Echo was very, very poorly um, drawn out. Ben, I, I, I didn't really like the, her inclusion of it. However, upon rewatch, Ben, which I did a couple months ago, something happened, and I enjoyed the show a whole lot more. Now I'm not on the S tier like TK is, but. On a binge, Ben, it is a much better show. And I think it has appreciated some of the more smaller character moments more. Like that one scene, episode three, TK was mentioning the phone call. Probably one of the best scenes in the entire series. But the one that really got to me was when Hawkeye, it's episode five, I believe. When Hawkeye is looking at the memorial or the plaque of, you know, here the, you know, where the Avengers fought in New York for the first time. I was like, oh my God, this is just. That, that really got me then just because of how big of an Avengers fan I am and all that stuff. But just seeing him just like smiling, but it also circled with me too. Like all of his friends are basically gone. Tony's dead. No one really knows where Steve is. People think he's dead, but we all know he's not dead. Natasha's dead. Bruce is doing his thing and Thor's off planet. So it's like his friends are gone. And just that kind of hit me a little bit too. 
I'm like, man, think about that now. But I'm, I'm really sad now. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, uh, it's, it's just the small moments like that. The Kingpin stuff, TK, I'm, I enjoyed it more the second time around. You know, the Hawaiian shirt, Kingpin, I'm not like, <laughs> I think it's just great seeing Vincent back in the role. I can kind of forgive it. Um, but yeah, it's just those small character moments. And Hawkeye or Clint and the, and, uh, Kate have such great chemistry as the show goes on. And I, and then one of my favorite scenes too is I think it's episode two. It happens TK with the, uh, he goes to the Renaissance fair or whatever and has to you know, get his stuff back. I love that sequence. Yeah. I think the finale was, it was okay. Then it's not that I'm going to soldier bad, but it wasn't to the heights, of the Loki WandaVision finale for me. I think it's, it's okay. So Hawkeye is a very high B, low A, I will say. Um, I'm probably at a high B right now with Hawkeye. Yet again, I have very similar thoughts <laughs> as you read on on this. Uh, I haven't gone back to rewatch it. Maybe I will this holiday season, though. Uh, Perfect like time to find the time. time yep. Yeah, but yeah, I, I love Christmas movies, and New York during Christmas is one of my favorite settings of movies. And yeah, I mean a, a lot of what you said. Like, cool to see Hawkeye back and get more of his you know personal story. Uh, Kate Bishop was awesome. And Echo, I'm excited to see what they do in the future. <laughs> My Echo just went off. Um, and yeah, but I, I I liked her inclusion. I thought she was a good, a cool character. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Episode three was my favorite as well. Finale was solid. I thought, like you said, not not as bad as uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, but it, I think it got the job done. And that fight in Rockefeller Center was was cool to see. So, yeah, overall enjoyable. I'm I'm excited for the rewatch for this one to see how well it does. Uh, you know, binging it. So, but yeah, I was gonna say same thing. High B, low A as well for me. TK, are you okay with us putting it in the B tier? I am. This is you know this is your show after all, and well, it's, uh, not, it's not about <laughs> us. It's about all of us. I know. So. No, I I can concede those things that are that are uneven about it and especially you know you brought up kingpin which i have to agree was not the strong point of Mm -hmm. of the show i thought the reveal though was really cool you know this like that's a big guy i was like oh because they kept saying kingpin right or not or the big guy and then they actually you know revealed kingpin i thought that was a pretty cool reveal Um, i think the best part about the finale though guys before we move on is the Hawkeye and uh, Yelena kind of fight and talk at Rockefeller Center. Very emotional, and him doing the whistle and everything was it was it was sweet. It was you know it was touching. So I'm curious to see where Clint's going to end up because Clint's is one of these characters. He's just sticking around, right? I don't want him to kill him off. He's one of the well, the one of the few OGs left. I just I don't know what they're going to do with this character moving forward. I was hoping they would just go ahead and pass the baton on the key. But I feel like they got one more ride with 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 Clint still to go. So we'll see. We will see. I'm hoping TK kind of becomes like a mentor for the Young Avengers. That's kind of what I want um, in the future. Uh, you know, Ben, I talked about that before. That's kind of what I want for Clint if he's going to stick around. So we will see. Oh shit, Ben, no way home. Okay, um, Ben, you go first because you know me. I could spend a whole afternoon <laughs> talking about No Way Home. Oh yes. 
All right. So this is the one for me that I really, really love a lot, really enjoyed. I can see the flaws in it, though, um, that, that some people bring there up. There are no flaws in the way home. All right. Settled then. Uh, now, after after watching it, too, I was like, you know, some of this stuff, it feels maybe a little a little rushed, some of the plot points uh, that it doesn't totally make sense. You know, why didn't the characters do it this way? Uh, I've seen a lot of threads about that, and I, I can agree just because to the point. Kids. <laughs> okay but the 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 emotion from these characters the acting and even well I mean, we say it every time we we basically knew toby and andrew would be showing up but it was well, still just awesome i'm gonna interrupt <laughs> and, you ben for a second yeah, you said the acting yeah. uh who, from who from who ben i just want to tk i want you to hear this the acting. uh today uh um was, was yeah. great oh, 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 and yeah. tommy h no, you take that back. You don't say Tommy H. That's, that's, my, that's my thing. Okay. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, ben? Tom Holland. Okay, damn right. Make sure you get his goddamn name right. I only call him yep. Tommy H. All right, continue. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes, Tom Holland is a very good Spider-Man. I do agree. So one more time. One more time. He's a very good Spider-Man, and you said ooh, it first. Ooh, okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. Tommy H. So yeah, I really. <laughs> Really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, great theater experience. Saw it twice in theaters, uh, which is a lot for me. And I believe I teared up both times. That's a lot for you. Yeah. Uh, not only did I tear up because of the emotional uh, you know, stakes and, and impact at the end there, but just seeing the three Spider-Men on film was so joyous. <laughs> and them talking back and forth on uh, that scaffolding. Marvel's really good at scaffolding films. Uh, or scenes it seems like but yeah it, it was just so so joyous and I, it's this one does uh get a gets a lot of rewatches for me as well on uh on dvd and such so yeah oh the score too i like to call out the my favorite scores uh Giacchino's score is really good and even has little snippets of toby and andrew's spider-man themes which is really cool so this one I I would go I would go yes. That's what I thought. Okay, TK, you're up next. So I feel very similarly to Ben, and so I, I'll I'll try not to repeat um, what he already said. But no, no, I, you can talk about Tom Holland and everything. You can go on. <laughs> you can talk about Tom Holland. And everything. Go ahead. Um, I, I Tom Holland has been my favorite Spider-Man since Homecoming, but <laughs> um, but I um. He's incredible here. This film, I thought, was, you know, they're on first watch. I was so just swept away by this culmination of 20 years of Spider-Man coming together on screen. And like you said, Ben, like just tearing up um, and just feeling the emotion of it. And then subsequent watches, I caught some of that plot contrivance stuff that that people have talked about and ultimately you know for me that doesn't really bring it down the tier just because you know like we've talked about it's such an incredible event film and it's so fun and so rewatchable the performances are spot on just there's just like little stuff in this movie that just feels nothing short of like a, a miracle when it comes to comic book storytelling that like you're just seeing these characters on screen at the same time and these different uh portrayals of spider-man coming together and um 
just really powerful and emotional and I can overlook some of the little little plot things um in in service of of that the bigger feeling that it evokes so Spider-Man No Way Home is definitely an S tier for me wonderful wonderful I'm glad we can all agree just just to be clear TK I want to go back to you real quick because you said something and I said I want to make sure people heard this at home you said your favorite Spider-Man was was who I just want to make sure people people heard that at home in case their volume was a little low Ben said that his name is Tommy H, but it's Tom Holland. <laughs> compose, compose. I will not scream. I will not yell today. <clears throat> Let's go back to 2016. Captain America Civil War when Tommy H is first introduced. And the world was introduced to the greatest Peter Parker Spider-Man that will ever walk the face of planet Earth. No person in the future or no person in the past will ever supplant my man Tommy H in the role of Peter Parker, end of discussion. Okay, moving forward. Let's fast forward a few years now to 2021, Spider-Man No Way Home. Before I do that, I want to tell a great story that Ben and I went through. Ben, remember that little episode we had to do, um, the Edgar Wright episode? I love telling this story because it was the same day that second trailer came out, and Ben and I, before, of course, we were chit-chatting beforehand, and... We decided to wait to record the episode and just watch the trailer first and then record the episode. One of the worst mistakes we have ever made <laughs> while doing this podcast because all we could think about doing the Edgar Wright episode was just how great that Spider-Man trailer was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to take a trip down memory lane, Ben, just to embarrass ourselves. But yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home, I echo everything you say. You guys were saying, although I don't really understand these uh, plot conveniences or devices you know inconsistencies you got to talk about it. the film's perfect greatest family we ever made and discussion but yeah tommy h is excellent uh it was great seeing garfield and and mcguire back they hadn't missed a beat in their roles especially garfield this is kind of like a almost like a little goodbye for him um to the role i thought he was great just him talking about you know life after gwen after she died and how he became bitter and angry stopped pulling his punches all that was really great and how Toby's Spider-Man really matured and him and MJ finally worked their shit out. Jesus fucking Christ. I can't deal with any more him and MJ drama, Ben. Jesus. Um, I'm glad they finally got their stuff figured out. I, I hope one day, man, maybe in Secret Wars, we just get like a little peek of like a family life of Toby and, 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 and Kirsten Dunn's like a house with a little, you know, maybe a little kid. Who knows? Um, that'd be kind of cool to see. I doubt it, but it'd be kind of kind of little neat to see. little spider babies. I was gonna say spider baby. That just sounded weird. Yeah, um, yeah. The exploration, the relationship between Peter and MJ, so freaking good. Now, Ben, there is no, there is not gonna be another Peter and Gwen like they. That's just top tier Spider-Man relationship. But this, what they did with Peter and MJ here, I really love. Really sweet, and you buy into the relationship really quickly, carrying over from far from home. Willem Dafoe has never been better as the Goblin. He was so fucking good here. I love that that apartment fight scene. That is probably my favorite fight scene in the entire movie. You know, it, it's brutal. It's dark. And of course, it ends with Aunt May dying, which was sad. It was emotional. And Tom Holland acted the hell out of it in that scene. But then the scene that gets me the most is when he grows up and he decides to let everyone forget who he is. And he's saying goodbye to, to MJ and to Ned. Goddamn. I, I, I cry like a little baby bed every time that scene comes on. Because something I noticed too when upon rewatches is like 
Doctor Strange didn't even want to do it. And Doctor Strange has been hard on Peter the entire time, but even he didn't want to do it. And so it just shows a lot of the maturity in Peter in this film. Like you guys said, it's a great event. It was a great experience. Um, all the villains were great, except maybe Sandman. I thought that was like whatever. You know, Sandman's here. It's fine. It's cool. Jamie Foxx, Ben. This was great redemption for him, too. He was excellent in this movie. I don't know why Ben, but I always laugh at that part. Was like, are those your Legos? And then Peter doesn't even answer. I don't know why I always laugh at that scene, but I love that scene. Um, Happy is great. I love that scene between him and Happy at the grave. Um, after the whole spell works, after the spell works and everything. J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons is great. And uh, I think my favorite scene, I'll bet in the entire movie, aside from the apartment fight scene, is the coffee shop scene at the very end with Peter and MJ. When Peter makes the adult decision and not, you know, reintroduce himself and just lets MJ and Ned live their lives and him, him starting his own. And his suit is fucking, his new suit bed is so fucking awesome. I love that final song with the suit and the snow. Oh, Ben. This movie's perfect. It is a perfect Spider-Man movie for me. For me. For me. It is a perfect Spider-Man movie. It is my quintessential Spider-Man movie. It is an S-tier Spider-Man film. I'm glad we can all agree. I'll make sure to demo you guys later. So not you, Ben. You just you ruined it. Okay, so I'm gonna we're gonna move on to the 2022, in which TK calls kind of the up and down year for the MCU. We have finally hit 2022. And this is where we're gonna take our ad break. So then we're gonna take our ad break now, and we'll be right back after this commercial from Anchor. And we're back. 2022 time. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight projects in 2022 alone. Not counting I Am Groot's really nine. Ah, oh, TK. Difficult year for you, huh? Difficult year for the MCU. I can see it on your face. I got off on a... Yeah, it had some downs. We're going to get to those downs. I think, actually, when I think about it, there's only one, eh, two big downs for me. Moon Knight. I think we were all excited because Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac are in the MCU. Two actors, well, really, I never thought I'd see Ethan Hawke, of all people, in an MCU project. Oscar Isaac, I could see. Ethan Hawke, not really. Doesn't feel like his thing. Excuse me, but that's because Moon Knight's not really... Again, kind of like Eternals doesn't really feel like an MCU thing because this movie doesn't have any MCU references. You have to really find, like, there's little Easter eggs here and there, right? But there's no blatant MCU references. I'll be quick on this. Moon Knight is a good show. It's not a great show, but it's really, really strong. That it's only elevated because the performances, particularly of Oscar Isaac, are so good. And Ben and TK, I told you guys there's an episode that rivals episode eight, and that comes from this show, episode five, learning about Mark's backstory. An emotionally devastating episode that was. Um, I think episode five is one of the strongest episodes in the in MCU Disney Plus in this Disney Plus period. Unfortunately, the finale is terrible. I do not like this finale. It is rushed. We have a ridiculous CGI fight that is completely unnecessary. Uh, Layla gets in a, gets an outfit and starts kicking ass. For, I, I don't even know where that came from. But again, it's Oscar Isaac's performance that carries this thing. If it wasn't for Oscar Isaac, Ben, this could be one of the worst MCU shows. But he elevates it. He makes it stronger. And for that reason, I give Moon Knight a very strong B. It's my fourth favorite MC Disney Plus series. 
And it's probably going to switch with with Hawkeye. Because while we were talking about Hawkeye, I was like, you know what? Maybe that should take the place instead of Moon Knight. But Oscar Isaac's performance is one of the best in the MCU. So I have to, for right now, keep it at that place. But uh, TK, you're up next. I feel very similarly to you, Rod. Oscar Isaac is incredible. When this series first started, like that first episode, I was so in. I, I just loved the Stephen Grant character and I was really taken by the possibilities of what the show could be. A tremendous Ethan Hawke fan. And so, and I was into the Egyptian mythology. And like, like you said, like um, the fact that Eternals was not kind of like typically what we had expected from the MCU and didn't include other characters, I think really worked very well for Eternals for me. But then for Moon Knight, um, you know, maybe by nature of it being the, the series, you know, week after week, I didn't feel like, um, with the exception of that fifth episode, which I thought was wonderful. Although unlike WandaVision episode eight for me, wonderful, poignant, beautiful, not as rewatchable for me, but, um, but with the exception of that one, I didn't feel like the show was getting better week to week. If anything, I felt like it was, I was uneven. So performance was, was great. Um, I, I love the Moon Knight and Mr. Knight costumes. Um, and I like the ideas behind the show, but, uh, the execution was not, um, didn't resonate with me as much. And it's, it's not one that I've really been inclined to rewatch. So, um, but, but again, those performances are so great. So it, it's definitely not at the C I would, I would put it at the B for me as well. And like, you know, parts of it are in that a, but I, I would say that, that the B feels right for moon Knight for me. Ben. Well, like you guys said, praise Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke for the performances. I really liked episode four a lot. Uh, cause it got creepy with them going in the, the tomb and stuff. Right. That was getting to me. And then you get that big twist <laughs> with the uh that little like explorer, <laughs> you know, TV show thing, and then waking up in the or realizing where he is in that that hospital and everything. But yeah, but before that it was okay, just kind of going through the story. And then I was expecting a lot after that. Uh, episode five was good, but it it didn't hit me as hard as uh as, as you were saying, Ron. And then, of course, that finale was pretty, pretty disappointing. And yeah, the, the other thing, too, about that, was, I thought he would realize that he didn't need his other self, <laughs> um, you know, the other version. Yep. So that's that's what I liked about it. He needs okay. Stephen to keep his sanity. Because if if it's not for Steven, his sanity is—I mean, he's—he was already too far gone. That's why he created Steven in the first place. Mm. And him, I think that's that's kind of the journey Mark Mark at least goes on is like realizing he needs Steven. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of how I interpreted it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of maybe I, I took a took it away differently from the fifth episode. Um, but anyway, it seemed like not as much growth for the character, I guess, to me. But Anyway, yeah, so overall, it, it wasn't as uh, exciting as I was hoping it would be, but the, the performance is, yet again, really good. It, uh, I mean, looking at the B tier with Falcon, Winter Soldier, and, and Hawkeye, I feel like Moon Knight's kind of more of a C for me. I get that. I just, in the performances alone, I feel like elevated to a beat status for me. Because um, I just think Oscar, like I said, Oscar Isaac, I think he was snubbed of an Emmy. I think he was just really, really strong in this series. 
Um, so I'm good with the BRC tier. It's up to the group. I'm not really looking for the other. Yeah. I mean, thinking about Ben's comment, like we have Falcon and Hawkeye in the B and I, I definitely think that those rank above Moon Knight for me. So I, I don't think they're at the same B. Like I, I kind of agree that it's like on that lower B higher C. So whatever okay, we'll put the C tier. We will put it in the C tier. We differ on that one as, uh, as most of phase four has been divisive. Um, Honestly, and I'll say this last thing before we move on. I think for me, Ben and TK, if it wasn't for that finale, Hawkeye would actually be a little bit higher for me. It's just the finale for me, at least, was just it's just disappointing. I mean, it really falls flat in a lot of areas. Um, but the post credit, I mean, the post credit scene was probably my favorite part of that the entire series. And I, I just, I'm curious where he fits into this larger MCU. Like, the Avengers are going to think this guy's a nut job. <laughs> we got to think about this too. This guy's a murderer. He is a mass murderer because now his other uh jake lockley um persona is out now too and he is a, a killing machine if you look back at that post credits and he's killed folks in that hospital to get to arthur so i'm curious how that's going to play out in the future of the mcu speaking of killing machines uh wanda maximoff oh wanda 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 let's talk about dr strange and the multiverse of madness my most anticipated phase four project this film to me is everything I wanted it to be, but I cannot put it on the S tier, Ben, because I think for me, I do not like the handling of one character in particular. And it's a very, very, it's a big negative for me. And that's the handling of Chiwetel Ejiofor. I do not like the way they handled his character at all. The multiverse stuff I was actually really good with. I think the multiverse stuff worked here great. And I actually like, when you really think about it, you really sit down and think about Multiverse of Madness, it's really a self-contained story about Wanda and about Stephen Strange. And it's really Wanda's story when you really think about it. And Stephen Strange is there too, but it's really about these two. And they explore some things, Ben, that I wish they kind of delve a little bit deeper on. There's this theme throughout the entire movie of, are you happy, Stephen? And I wish they had delved into that just a little bit more. Because that was something that I think that could have really added to the emotional depth and emotional arc that Stephen kind of goes through in this here. Cause he goes through an arc of his own, mainly with America Chavez and his care for this and his, you know, his care for this character, but for that character, I think America was a great addition, even though she kind of is a plot device. Um, I still think she's a really good addition. I think Soji Gomez does a good job in the role. I thought Rachel McAdams still kind of underused here again too, but I liked her more in this in the first Doctor Strange. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a strong, strong A because I think this is one of the more rewatchable films in the MCU. It works a lot for me, mainly because of Elizabeth Olsen's very strong Oscar-worthy performance. I think it's an Oscar-worthy performance at least. Um, I think it's the best performance of Phase Four, but the handling of some characters and the not going deep enough into some certain areas, themes of you know Stephen's happiness, I wish were explored and. His relationship with Christine, I just wish some of that stuff was explored a little bit more for me being like totally on the S tier, but well worth the hype, well worth the wait. Um, I'll kind of chime in if you guys mention some other stuff, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about it when you guys have to talk about it. So TK, take it away. So like you, I was looking forward to this one probably most uh, in terms of 2022 releases. And I have to say, I, I was a little disappointed I love Elizabeth Olsen in this movie. Her performance is incredible. Like 
I, she's fantastic. But then when I think about it, I do feel like there's some inconsistencies with the Wanda character from WandaVision to the film. And I'm not entirely pleased with um, where that storyline went. And I also feel like, especially like in the kind of the first part of the movie, I I just felt like the quality of of the writing and uh, like what was happening, you know, between um, Steven and America Chavez kind of in the earlier parts of the film, the wedding scene, it just didn't all really click for me. And then as the film progresses, I love the horror elements. Like I absolutely love how scary Elizabeth Olsen is in some of these scenes and talk about a score, man, like that electric guitar is fantastic. And it's got my favorite fight scene from this year. One of my favorite fight scenes, the music note battle. So I love a lot of aspects of this film. Um, I want to say that, you know, when it first came out, I was probably even a little bit more down on it than I am now. And I'll say that that's because upon rewatch, like I really found myself um, enjoying it when I rewatched it from home, I, you know, after seeing it a couple times in the theater and, uh, and recently rewatched it and, and, and really found great enjoyment out of it. So it's not my favorite. And I think I wanted it to be my favorite. Um, so for me, Multiverse of Madness is like a high B. Um, and that's just coming from, from some of those, those areas of disappointments, but maybe my expectations were, were too high, but, um, yeah, high B for me. Uh, I'm about the same as you, TK, that there's certain aspects I like a lot, but I feel like too, there's, there's like a lot going on, but also a little going on because <laughs> it, it's kind of surface level, like you were saying, Rod, but the the characters and development uh and psychology of them but then and and it's like a basically like a chase movie i know i keep saying i mean there's fun chase movies and the the ride is fun but it's also just kind of going through the story quick and oh look at this like this is gonna happen uh the illuminati <clears throat> throw them in then them in is is fun it's cool to pick them out at first but then it's it's kind of over quick so yeah i don't know it's kind of hit or miss throughout the movie for me but the the horror elements and the score of course it's danny elfman one of the best uh but yeah there's there's elements i like a lot but overall not as memorable i guess and i haven't rewatched it i wonder what i'll think on on the rewatch uh if it'll go up or down but yeah i'm about the same at a at a b tier all right well, it is on the B tier. I have been outvoted the past couple times here. What's happening? Yes, yeah, it's on the B tier. Also, the post credit scenes are just an absolute mess. I do not <laughs> like. I look. I love Charlie Stone. Yeah. I'm glad she's in the MCU, but that post credit scene is terrible. Um, time, time to go do this thing. I'll do it, Ben. It's just, just so cheesy. And then, you know this. You know it's the same way. So you know you'll add some cheesiness here and there, but that it just execution wise was just terrible. This is also a theorizing, and I feel like some people don't like this movie for the wrong reasons because it didn't—they didn't get what they want in terms of cameos and stuff dealing with the multiverse instead of actual stuff that goes on in the film. Um, I'm not calling people out because I don't know you. I, I I know people, but I'm not going to call those people out who have complained about that that stuff. Um, but people are like multiverse of madness misleading. No, there was madness in the multiverse. 
you just didn't get your madness. You didn't get what you wanted out of it. So, you know, I don't want to grab on that too much, man, because we all we kind of delve into that a lot. My spoiler review in our MCU talk a couple weeks ago, but okay, so we're at a B with Multiverse of Madness. Let's go and talk about another Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel. Uh, Amon Vellani, she is a star. I love her. Uh, strong A for me with this series. Love the series. Um, that's it for me. Okay. I'm gonna I'll time in later. I just I just want to talk about Amon Vellani because she's just wonderful in this role. Uh go ahead, Ben. Yeah, so we said before how much we enjoyed her. It's cool. She really seems like a fan uh of the franchise and sometimes talking about you know Captain Marvel or other characters, it just seems like she's just talking <laughs> off her head. Um uh, off the top of her head about um you know the the character she loves. So that was really cool. The uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. <clears throat> it's not doesn't have huge impacts, I guess, until the like the very end. Um, but but it's a it's a cool introduction to her character. I had fun with it. They I know Rod, you don't. Is it the fourth episode you didn't like a lot when they go um, to? Yeah, yeah, that's the weakest episode for me. Um, okay, on the rewatches I've had though, it's mm-hmm. grown on me. I just, okay, you know, it's um. What I don't like about this show, the only thing I don't like about this show is how it gets away from her learning her abilities and her powers. It gets away from that a lot in turn and we're going to talk more about, you know, Pakistani culture and all that, which is great. I don't mind that, mm-hmm. but it kind of got away from that, you know, her learning about her powers and they introduced it, you know, they bring back damage control and all that stuff. Like I'd rather have dealt with that. Than what we got, but the but we did go that route, but I and I still enjoyed it. Like episode five with all the partition, all that stuff. I love that episode. Yeah. I love yeah. that flashback sequence. But at the heart of it all, it's a family series. And you know, I love the dynamic with her and the family. We've been saying that a lot about phase four, which I think is really, really strong about the family dynamics and and all that chemistry and banter. And it's really, really strong here. So yeah, that's that's what I really love most about the show. But yeah, I just wish they kind of got more in debt into the her struggling with her abilities, her learning more about her abilities, and they kind of delve into that in some of the fight sequences. But I just wanted them to explore that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I can agree with that. Uh, and some of the the fight scenes were kind of lackluster. Well, that, that was the weakest. That was the weakest also, yeah, yeah. The action sequences was they, they were they were whatever. Yeah, but the yeah, like you're saying, the family dynamic and. I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Her parents were great. Oh, love her parents. Uh, loved them. And then when she goes to to visit her grandma, it was was really good too. So oh, her grandma's so sweet, man. Oh, yep, <laughs> grandma's really sweet. Oh, and the villains are just a bunch of rodents and Malachius. Just just terrible. <laughs> yeah, just awful villains. Yeah, they they had a good build up though, but then yeah, just they, kinda... they get away from it and they kind of go a different route with the series. So yep. like, they go away from a lot of stuff and terms of yep. to focus on other stuff that's my biggest you know it's it's still a strong a though for me mm-hmm. i got a lot out of it i yeah i'm like a a high b low a so we'll see what tk says but yeah overall i did enjoy my time with it i'm very similar to where you are ben i what i love about this show in addition to Amon Vellani, as you said rod um in addition to the, the family themes um, is the consistency. I felt like it was a very consistent show, very evenly paced. I also love the 
it is such a teenage coming of age story. And I love how the aesthetic of the show really matched that. And uh, her performance was, was pitch perfect for, for that. This feels like a such, such a strong origin story in the TV show format. And, and they did that. They pulled that off and they pulled that off well in a way that I, I didn't feel like it was pulled off in, in Moon Knight in terms of an origin. So I'm really impressed by it with the consistency of the show. And of course, you know, she's stellar. She stands out um, as somebody who I'm looking forward to seeing more of in the MCU. Uh, I completely agree. I love your phrase that the villains were Ronins and Malachites. Like, yep, absolutely. Um, I don't even remember red, red something. I, I don't remember exactly what they were even called now. Um, that part was not a strong point. Um, but the other aspects of the show, I thought were really strong and, and consistency is really it. So I'm where Ben is like, I, I, I want to call it an A. It's not as strong of an A as some of the others are for me, but it's, um, it, it's, it's an A for me. Oh, it's an A. Okay. So I guess I could go ahead and put in the A too then. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, like a lower, a lower A, um, but because you called it an A, right, Rod? I well, I have a as a stronger A than you a do. Stronger yeah, A, and yeah. Ben had it as like kind of like a high, a higher B, low S. So I, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm at that low A, so it kind of kind of balances out. And you said something too about the coming of age. This has a lot of homecoming vibes as well. That's why I love this series so much. This has a lot of Spider-Man homecoming vibes, which I love, and just her friends too. I love Bruno, and I forgot the name of her other friend. But I liked her too. I think it's Talia. I think I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong though. I think it's about somebody else. It's like Dahlia, Talia, something N like N that. Nakia. Nakia. Well, I know. I or or because I know obviously like Nakia from Black Panther, but I thought that they had the same name, just pronounced differently. Am I wrong? Uh, I yeah. There was a lot of characters introduced in that show. Um, I'll, I'll have Ben do, look it up real quick um, while we uh, start to move on here. But yeah, other than that, TK like. Other than Shang Chi, who was my favorite character, new character introduced in Phase Four, she's like, she's second. It's it's really those two: her, uh, Amala, uh, Amala Khan, and Kate Bishop. Those are like the three standouts to me. It just really, really come on this scene strong. So, and I'm I'm her inclusion in the Marvels. I hope it's going to be great. I, I yeah. So, oh, the the Red Dagger. Uh, is the villain? Yeah, her yeah, villains. No, no one cares about the villains. Yep. So that's, that's, uh, that's and Christ. <laughs> and her name is N A K I A, so it's spelled the same. Uh, I, I forget how they yeah pronounce it. Interesting. Yeah. Time for another rewatch, just so I can know. Let this so I can know how to pronounce her name. All right. Oh boy. Okay. This is where they now. This is where the hatred for Phase Four started. Oh, it's time to talk about She-Hulk. No, I'm just kidding. So let's talk about the Eleven Thunder first. Ben, I want to be high on this, but the mm -hmm. rewatches have not served the movie well. They have not. There is good stuff here. Mainly the Jane and Thor relationship is the strongest it has ever been in this movie. I love what they did here. I love Screaming Goats. The Screaming Goats here were great. Christian Bale does a great job as Gore. What they do with Gore is the prize, what I have a problem with, because there's not enough butchering, and his name is Gore the God Butcher. TK, I loved Korg in Ragnarok, but he is annoying as hell in this movie. I did not like his character at all. 
the humor I, I taika is the biggest culprit in this movie i feel like i feel like it's just way 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 too much taika in this he found a really good balance of dark and humor and ragnarok where here ben it's like you know how you had the balance you know how arthur Arrow has the balance the balance scales and in, in moon knight well uh here's here, here's the dark and here's all the humor just 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 not all just way too much humor way too fucking much humor and it's not good humor, but like a lot of the stuff wasn't funny. Like I was hoping when they go to Olympia, I was hoping for something more dramatic, and it was just played for a joke. Russell Crowe was fine then. You know, it's Russell Crowe in the MCU, so you know, I'm not going to complain too much about Russell Crowe because he's having a ball. But okay. But then the other part of me, Ben's like, I just love what they did with Thor and Jane here. It was so sweet, and the post credit scene. Of her going to Valhalla, I love that. That was that was so fitting for her character. I, I'm glad she made it to Valhalla. I don't want them to bring her back. I think she has a nice ending to her arc. I'm glad we got Kat Dennings too for a scene too. Ben, I'm glad she popped up for for a scene. Oh, and Tessa Thompson. They wasted her in this. They 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 confirmed her sexuality in this movie but i think we kind of already figured that out in ragnarok a little bit but they kind of think they confirmed it here too so it's a mixed bag and it's a bag and which ben there's more negatives and positives for me at this point but there's still stuff i enjoy oh and the guardians too guys i, I, I love the guardians but they were they didn't need to be in this movie they they didn't it was it was a waste so i'm i'm at a c unfortunately with love and thunder and it's a shame because i love what they did with jane here and thor then yeah i'm quite similar as well it's it's a lot of taika the humor is a little more lowbrow i think the the one i don't know why it stands out to me but when thor's talking about it keep my friends at arm's length or whatever and he holds up his arm i'm so like that's bad. just very oh <laughs> very simple joke that that doesn't it doesn't quite work uh yeah, stuff like that. I Ragnarok was a lot smarter and kind of out of nowhere humor, I feel like. But well, yeah. to the point though, we didn't expect Ragnarok to be as funny as true as it was. True. So now yeah. we're we're expecting more from Taika in this, and that's probably that adds on to the disappointing factor as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um yeah, and I was hoping for more butchering, like you said, uh, Christian Bale get him in here. That's another heavy hitter that I was like, wow, this will be great. And he is good for the scenes that he's in, but it's it's not a lot. And I was stoked to have Natalie Portman back. Uh, I think she was having a lot of fun. Looked like it came across on screen. But I was hoping for more emotional impact from her story, which I didn't get. Which Taika can definitely do, like Jojo Rabbit. It is exceptional, I think. But... It, it, here, there's just yeah, too many jokes surrounding it that I didn't enjoy that kind of took away. Um, and then even by the end, I was kind of, I guess, kind of ready for it to <laughs> to be over, I guess. Um, Can I also but, say too, Ben, the yeah. kidnapping of the kids was just creepy and weird and dumb. I, <laughs> I didn't like the kidnapping. That was just, I don't know. The more I like think about it, I'm like, yeah. this is weird. And, yeah. Oh, my God. But I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to throw that in there. No, that's fine. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, some things I did like the, the black and white scene, we cut to that 
And I'm glad that. you mentioned it because I was I was like, if no yeah. one is going to mention it, I'm going to make sure I mention it. But yeah, that love that sequence. That whole scene, even when they run into the planet, <laughs> was really funny. Then the black and white scene is really creepy with Christian Bale coming up on him, uh, Gore. And then the the fight scenes were were pretty cool. So yeah, that was a standout sequence. And Russell Crowe flipping up his skirt when he's walking down. That, <laughs> that made me laugh a lot. And yeah, yeah, that might be about it. Yeah, so that's uh you said C. I I yeah, I think it would be C as well. Kind of a high C, but I don't like high C. I think yeah. it's good. <laughs> Yep. Not as not as not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, TK, round us out here. So, is it a high C or is it a sunny D? I guess time oh. will tell. <laughs> but okay. no more strikes for you ever, TK. <laughs> well, done. well done. Um, honestly, I can't agree with you guys more about Love and Thunder. This movie did not work for me, and I love Ragnarok, and I really like Taika a lot. Um, there are some good things here and you guys have mentioned those good things, the scenes that you've pointed out and, and, and I, I find myself in agreement. I liked the goats. I thought the goats, but was quite funny. I laughed every time, but a lot of the other stuff didn't land for me in terms of the jokes either. Um, I will say that I, on first watch, um, and I think I went to the theater twice and, and, um, on first watch, I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm having a good time. Right. I'm laughing like this and that. Um, but the substance didn't feel like it was there. And then I went the second time and I was like, I'm having less fun because the things that were fun the first time I saw it, like now I know about them and uh, all right, I'm having less fun and the substance is not there. I watched it once from home, um, since that time. And I just like, I was not enjoying it. And that that's like, not something I'm used to with MCU movies. Like it, it, it just, it doesn't work. I think you guys nailed it. Like it's a little bit too much. It's like trying to take everything that made Ragnarok magical and, and somehow focusing on the wrong elements or oversaturating the wrong parts <laughs> of that and missing out on the heart and the, the poignancy um, and something, you know, what I've always loved about MCU is that there are these stories there that you can really connect to and, and feel that emotional resonance. And I felt none of that here um, to your point. I would have loved to feel that more with uh, Jane, but just but just didn't. Um, so for me, this is definitely definitely a C. You know, it's a it, it's a passing grade because you know it's still the MCU, and there are some characters here who I I love to see on screen, but it, it's just overall didn't didn't work for me. This is so funny, Ben, because. I, I'm like the biggest Jane detractor. I did not like Jane the MCU. I end up liking her the most out of the three of us here. Like I love what they did with Jane here, and I I, I got the heart and the emotion. And I actually love how the movie ends too with Thor having a kid, gives him a new purpose in life and everything. So I, I like I like how that relationship or that dynamic. I'm curious how that plays out if there is a Thor five, or if this is going to play out in future Avengers films. So you know we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like we're all at a C. So we're going to go ahead and put that right there. MCU just wanted Twitter to just explode because this next one, She-Hulk, for about a week, we could all agree that after that, it was just chaos from there on out then. Um, one of my favorite first episodes of any Marvel show. I, I still think Loki's my favorite, Ben. Loki and Moon Knight are probably my two favorite pilot episodes. That Loki, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel probably are my two my favorite pilot episodes it's like the gold standard for me 
This was very close, though, even though they bought up Tony like two or three many times again. <sighs> I'm okay, Ben. I'm okay. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Hang in there. DK, start us out here because I have a lot of thoughts on She-Hulk. I'm very, very, I'm stronger on it now that I, I as the series went on, I got a, a lot more invested. And I think the show started or ended really, really strong than it started. Um, or that middle portion, because the middle portion is very uneven with some episodes, especially that wedding episode. But I want to hear from you first, TK. So this is another one that, you know, my overall impression of it might be colored a little bit by the fact that I had such high hopes going into it. I was anticipating it so much because I love Tatiana Maslany. I absolutely love her. Orphan Black is one of my favorite shows of all time. She's incredibly talented. And I think she was fantastic as She-Hulk. She, um, she does the, the, the comedy really well. And she also just has such a great expressive face. And um, this is not a show that was heavy on, on the deep emotional resonance or darkness in any way, but it didn't need to be. And, and that part, that's, that was okay by me. Um, with She-Hulk, it was something that, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching week to week. Like I was looking forward to watching She-Hulk every week because it felt like something light and fun. And, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed her character. Um, definitely a little uneven in the middle, I agree. And overall, I just, maybe because of the nature of the type of show that it was, like I, um, I, I think I thought I was gonna connect to it more because it, it is unique, uh, breaking the fourth wall. And um, it's, you know, it's campy. And I, I typically really like that, um, but I haven't fully put my finger on exactly what it is about She-Hulk that, that despite all of those elements that I love, it's just not quite there for me. Like I don't find myself wanting to really rewatch it too much. And, and that's surprising because it is like really quick digestible episodes. And, and some of them were so great, but um, I think my thoughts on the show are still evolving right now. It's at a B for me. Um, there are some, some really good, some really good stuff here, um, but it, it's not quite yet in that A range for me. And, and maybe it'll get there over time. Um, but that, that's kind of where I am, a little bit of a mixed bag with, with She-Hulk. Yeah, that's funny, TK, because I think, I was going to mention this, I think what's going to make this show either better or worse is how it plays at maybe like after a year, right? I think we need to revisit this like maybe next year and, uh, you know, kind of see where they're going to, you know, when Marvel makes more announcements in the future, where they're going to do with She-Hulk later, whenever she pops up again, if they're going to do a season two, or if it's just going to appear in some movies in the future. Um, there's rumors that she's going to be in Captain America the World Order um, there's also rumors that she may pop up in Daredevil which I would love because her and Matt Murdock have insanely amazing chemistry TK the reason why this show is not going to be at an A for me either is because I felt like it got a little repetitive I think sometimes the humor does not work but I'm actually in the middle of Orphan Black right now um and i'm loving it it's she is really really good and i started it before i started she hulk and i think that was a mistake because i'm like man this is two very different things here i think she's like even better in orphan black than she is in she hulk it's no knock on her she hulk performance but she's even better in orphan black because she's actually asked to do a whole lot more in that series than she is here but her fourth wall breaking is one of the highlights for me i love her fourth wall breaking here i think it's great 
I mean, and she literally breaks the fourth wall in the finale, which I love. I love that finale so much. It's one of my favorite finales. I think it, they hit all the right notes with that. Then I think my favorite side characters too here are her lawyer for her lawyer friend, uh, Pug. I need more. I need more Pug. Just more Pug and and everything. And Madison, I love me some Madison. She's great. So yeah, I'm at a B with with She Hulk. It's gonna stand test time where it stands about a year from now but it's it's a very very strong b for me uh i also liked her friend nakia a lot no i'm just kidding uh nikki yeah thank you nikki yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh yeah she's she's really good they seem like they're good friends in real life too uh, oh yeah yeah very mixed i in the beginning i was having fun enjoying it yeah like you said that that first episode i I liked a lot too but Yeah, it it went downhill a lot in the middle for me, and and never quite recovered. the The humor was hit or miss, and I, I know I I don't want to harp on the the lawyer stuff. I didn't need Law and Order, some crazy, you know, dramatic cases. But some people are expecting that though, which I find really crazy. Yeah. But I don't know. I still wanted more of of the <laughs> lawyering, getting into the cases a, a little more. Um, I mean, sometimes we're just in and out of court cases so quick, and they were so unrealistic that it, it took me out. Of course, I mean, it's an eight foot, you know, green lady in a suit uh, lawyering. But I, I don't know. Some of it was just so over the top, going for the humor that it it took me out of the show. And plus, they they kept talking about it being a rom com, which it was at parts, but then at other parts, it didn't deal with that at all. I felt like so, yeah, just a, a really mixed bag. And I, I wasn't, I, I didn't watch it every you know Wednesday when it dropped. I felt myself kind of being like, oh, I forgot that you know new episodes out. And the finale for me, the. Uh, it really went for it, and some of the jokes were were good there about with well, the fourth wall breaking it about Marvel and and Kevin and everything. But it, then it took away from the story so much. I felt like um, that it, it every it kind of wrapped up everything quick <laughs> after having that big joke uh, at the end there. So yeah, this was kind of a rough one for me. Um, but it would be a, a low C. All right, so we got two Bs and a low C, so we'll go ahead and put in B tier for right now. But I think they could change either way in the in the as as we move forward in the MCU. I'm gonna be quick with World by Night, overrated, very overrated, overhyped, overrated. People calling it the best thing of Phase Four, the best thing you'll ever see. Disney Plus has never been better with Werewolf by Night. You have to see it to believe it. E.T. has the E.T. has been challenged now. Werewolf by Night is so good. Martin Scorsese shitting in his pants because Werewolf <laughs> by Night is so fucking good. Oh my lord, it's a game changer for the MCU. It's okay. My biggest takeaway is Michael Giacchino should be directing Blade. That's my biggest takeaway. Uh, other than that, Ben, I'm, it's good world building, and there's some fun sequences. Creature designs are cool. Black and white aesthetic is cool. Mm-hmm. But, you, know, I, you know, it's fine. It's a low B, high C. Um, yeah. 
So yes, I'm, I'm kind of similar. I I appreciate it and how different it is, and yeah, that that werewolf creepy vibes. And uh, I, I mean, walking down the the long alleyway there with the the tuba and stuff with the fire. I mean, it it's it's cool. It's unique, but yeah, not not the best thing ever. Mike, well, even the the behind the scene, the assembled episode i did watch that one i like that that was i i love that i liked it more than the actual show because it it delves into uh history and him making films as a kid and then meeting back up with friends that he filmed stuff with yeah that's a good precursor (laughs) that's funny (laughs) yeah but anyway i i enjoyed the assembled a lot more (laughs) than this uh i totally recommend watching that if you haven't but yeah, overall, it, it's very unique and I appreciate it, but I, I don't think it'll be like a, a yearly Halloween watch or anything or or a big rewatch from the MCU. <laughs> it might. I, I, mean, I think C also, based on what I just said. What do you think, TK? Is it the greatest thing ever? Better than Spider-Man? Better than this? Better than that? The Godfather is in trouble. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> next level. Man, if you have the Bible, then you're going to love this. It's just game-changing. Werewolf by Night is so fucking good. Go ahead, DK. This is a fantastic bit. I, I hope that you do this all the time. It's hilarious. Um, so I, I was excited to see it because, you know, the whole, like you guys were talking about, the black and white aesthetic, uh, the creatures, right? Universal horror movie monster kind of vibe. And I like all of that stuff. Um, and, and it was cool. I thought it looked great. I like that they did practical effects. Um, so I enjoyed it, but I, I love what you said, Ben, because I feel like this is the real lit- litmus test. Am I going to want to rewatch this like every Halloween season? No, I, I, I'm not. I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, I might watch it again in the future. I watched it the once, um, but it's, it's not something that um, I feel like plays a pivotal role in the MCU. And, and maybe, you know, it's, it is setting up stuff we'll see more later on, and maybe that'll make it grow in my estimation but um for now i I was also kind of on that edge of that b and c and i i'm i i think i'm there with you guys in leaning more toward that c um which not to say that it was bad but just I, i there's not a lot here that i felt like um was offering um much to to where we're at in the mcu so uh i'm comfortable with that c you know I don't really want to get emotional, Ben, but we're going to have to now. We're getting ready to talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. I'm not ready, Ben. I'm not ready. I think I'm, I'm refusing to see it again in theaters because I just I don't want to cry anymore, man. I really don't. This was a tough one to get through in a good way. Uh, this was a wonderful ode to Chadwick Boseman. I think Coogler did about as best a job as he could, and given the circumstances, I still stand by it. Ben and Letitia Wright and Angela Bassett give two of the best performances in the MCU. I love their performances, especially Letitia Wright going from a side character being really the main star. And she killed it. And given all the controversy, quote-unquote controversy surrounding her leading up to it, I I applaud her, man. I, she was wonderful. The exploration of Talakan is great. I love Namor here. He's wonderful. Great villain. Or a really anti-hero. Riri Williams for me, TK was a wonderful addition i loved her i she she had that tommy h 
Civil War vibes. I loved uh, I, I loved uh, her introduction. The Nyganera, and we're not talking about her enough. She was so fucking good in this movie, man. That scene between her and Angela Bass when Bassett, uh, when Queen Ramonda strips away her, her ranking, you felt that, man. You felt that. Laws, then, upon the couple of rewatches I had in theater, it's really one. It's really come down to one thing, or really two things. One I can forgive, one I can't forgive. The one I can forgive is the they spend too much time in Telecan. When Shuri gets kidnapped, they go down there. I think that goes on a little bit too long, but I can forgive that. What I can't forgive is the inclusion of Valentina. I think it's completely unnecessary. It kind of takes away from the emotional stuff going on in the film, especially after the queen dies. They go right to a funny scene with her and Ross. Ross, I'm okay with being there because he was already in the first one. But I think if he was just in that forest scene and that was it, I would have been fine. But they're setting stuff up with him with Secret Invasion because now Ross is on the run. So we're going to, because we're going to see him again in Secret Invasion. So they kind of had to set some stuff up with him. But her inclusion was just like, hey, you know, Thunderbolts might be a war for Wakanda kind of a thing. And we'll see when we'll find out. But this is an S tier movie for me. It's one of the best films of the year. Um, it is a strong, strong entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Rihanna's song too, Ben. She has two very good songs in here that could get nominated for Oscars. I feel, I think we all know the one that's probably going to get nominated. Is Lift me up, but I I actually kind of like Born Again a little bit more, just a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, but it's still excellent songs. And the people's complaints about the humor, I think, goes away in this film because the humor, while it's there, it's not obnoxious. It actually works and fits within the tone and mood of the story, except when they cut to Valentina. But yeah, it's an S film for me. I love it. Uh, TK, you're up next. So I I think I, I kept my face like fairly deadpan while you were talking, right? Because I don't know if you guys have uh, heard me talk about this movie yet or hear no my. I have on not. It. I'm looking forward to. It. I have not though. My favorite movie of Phase Four, like wow. seriously, like all like I, I acknowledging that it's it's a recency bias right acknowledging that some of these other ones it's been a year and like thinking about how some of them have gone up and down in my estimation but oh my god this movie is incredible I think it's near perfect um I agree with you Valentina was really the thing that was off for me it's a little long right like maybe it could have been trimmed in a few places um but I love this film I cannot agree more with you know what you said uh, Angela Bassett was incredible. I think we were expecting her to be incredible. Um, that speech that she gives, even though like some of it was in the trailer, like it, it was so good. Um, but to your point, Letitia Wright, I thought was amazing in this movie. Like she has big shoes to fill being the, the, the titular character in a Black Panther film. Like, let's be honest, right? Um, I thought she completely nailed it and was so believable as the lead here. Um, and the supporting cast was incredible. The humor when it was there, I thought was perfect. When Akoye and, and um, Shuri go to MIT, I thought that was hilarious in, in Riri's um, dorm room. Uh, and I thought M'Baku provided like perfectly timed humor um, in there as well. Um, the, the tribute to, to Chadwick was just, I, I thought perfectly done, tastefully done. And, um, seeing Killmonger in this film again, like I thought that that was great. Like he wasn't overused and it, it just felt organic the way that he was there. 
Um, you, you talked about Namor. I agree with everything you say. I thought that he was fantastic. Just so compelling. Like I loved watching him anytime he was on the screen. I loved seeing Talakan. Um, that part was, didn't drag for me at all. I, I loved that. Um, I love Nakia. Like I love, um, uh, Okoye, like you guys were saying it, it, this movie, I thought was really, really near, per near perfect. It captures just like those big emotions and just after a year that really was a mixed bag for me like to come to this and be like wow like this is what the mcu does so well it's the character work and um those really resonant stories so i wakanda forever is absolutely s tier for me all right ben bring us home so i don't have a whole lot to add to that because you guys both said it really well the yeah the highs i agree were really high and and done well and the i i do have some flaws uh or moments i didn't enjoy as much that rod pointed like all those out too <laughs> so for sake of uh not repeating i really yeah like you said tastefully done um respectful but then also presents us with a new story and new characters uh, that i really liked a lot and progressed everyone forward so it, but it's uh it's it's an a for me all right so go ahead and put that on the s tier um I do want to say too just a couple of things that we might have missed i love the silent marvel logo or intro in the beginning. yes i love that i thought that was really well i thought that was really well handled there is a i go back to this scene a lot um but i love it has to do with lovely gorns and score too the, when she drops down from the ship and the suit's revealed and they're all free, I, I, that scene gives me chills and goosebumps and it makes me want to like stand up and cheer and stuff. My audience, you know, they were, they erupted. It was, it was a really good highlight because there wasn't like a lot of cheering, right? For Black Panther Wakanda Forever because it's a very emotional film, but that was one of the few scenes where my audience opening night was like really, you know, like, yes, hell yeah. And uh, yeah, I Gore's and score here, Ben, is so fucking good. I, I love it so much. The epilogue to phase four the guardians of the galaxy holiday special i knew it was gonna be good i didn't think it was gonna be that good this is wonderful i loved every second of this give me more drax and mantis please i need i like this then this 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 really gets you in the holiday spirit it's one of the best christmas it's kind of weird to say a movie but it's not really a show either you know it's it's, it's special right but i'm gonna consider like a little mini movie whatever short film whatever you want to call it I'm going to be watching this every Christmas from now on. This really gets me, like, this really got me in the holiday spirit, Ben. My issues? I have none. I, I honestly, like, it's hard. I've I've watched this thing now, like, I think four or five times now, Ben. I, I, it's hard for me. I'm struggling with issues here. Um, maybe it's because I wasn't, like, expecting a whole lot, and I got a lot more out of it. I love when Mantis, when they get to uh, Hollywood and she thinks she sees Steve and she's like, Steve, I love that part. Um, or when they go drinking at that bar, they go hang out at the bar. I love that scene too. But the whole Kevin Bacon stuff was really well done. Kevin Bacon was so good in this. The songs too are so good. Love the songs. And we heard Yondu was coming back and I was scared. I was like, no, don't bring back Yondu. Why? Okay. They got with the Yondu stuff. The Yondu stuff here worked really well for me. So this is another S tier. I think the holiday special is one of the best things coming out of Base Four. It's, it's really, really fucking great. All right, TK, you can go next. Or Ben, one of you, Ben, TK. 
whatever. So for me, uh, kind of surprisingly, I'm not as high on it as as you or a lot of people, Rod. But I I did enjoy myself a lot with it. The I think it was cool the animated sequence, kind of harkening back to the um, you know older animated Christmas classics and the the story um of going to get kevin and yeah including him was was really cool and really funny but the there's some of the humor here it's not like thor 11 thunder humor but i don't know it kind of seemed like it was a little made up on the spot and they just kind of rolled with it which i know is kind of james gunn's style too but i don't know it wasn't as as uh well-written jokes i guess as as i was kind of hoping for but it was still fun. Um, a little besides the reveal, I guess, with Mantis and the emotional impact there, her and Peter. Um, it, it's kind of inconsequential in the main scheme of things. But the 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 main takeaway for me was the the music, like you were saying, Rod. Uh, John Murphy's score is really good, but the the inclusion of the songs and the or the you know previously classic rock kind of tinged songs, and then the old ninety sevens as the alien band, I thought was really cool. Uh, plus, getting Kevin Bacon in there to sing because he's he's got his own band too, the uh, Bacon Brothers. So yeah, the the music there was really good and the standout. That's I've been listening to that quite a bit this holiday season. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it though, but it wasn't. Uh, I, I got hyped a lot too with people saying it was. The best thing ever, move over, Godfather. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I, I'll, I'll go A, but it's not like super S tier for me, like I was kind of hoping it would be. Bring us home, TK. Um, I loved this. I loved every second of it. I felt like it was uh, between Wakanda Forever and then this. I was like, okay. Like I said, ups and downs to the year. These are the ups. Like we're ending on this really strong note. Um, I'm trying to think of things that you guys haven't mentioned yet. And I, I think you nailed it. I mean, the music was a huge part for me. Um, my, my favorite Christmas song is Christmas rapping by the waitresses and they played it in that bar scene. And I, I love that. And they play the smashing pumpkins, which I thought was really cool. Plus the old 97 is fantastic. Um, the original music was great. Um, I felt like it was totally a blast. Unlike, unlike Moon Knight with the test of like, am I going to watch it every Halloween like this? I would totally watch every Christmas. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed every second of it. I do agree with Ben that like there are aspects that, well, not that there's aspects to it, but it does feel like because it is a one-off special, and it is holiday themed. Like it's hard for me to really like rank it in the same way that I do these other pieces. And so I was kind of leaning toward the A, um, even though I really like it's. It's not like there's anything wrong with it for me. It, it's just like by nature of what it is, um, it, it's just not quite in the same category for my connection to it. But I, I just really had such a blast with this special, and I'm looking forward to watching it again uh, before the holiday season is out. Okay. All right. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is our ranking. In the S tier, we have WandaVision, Loki, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Tommy H, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. In the A tier, we have Black Widow, Eternals, Miss Marvel, and the Guardians Holiday Special. In the B tier, we have Falcon Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Multiverse of Madness, and She-Hulk. And in the C tier, we have What If, Moon Knight, Thor Love and Thunder, 
and Werewolf by Knights, a.k.a. The Greatest Thing Since the Godfather Part 2. So, I told them I was going to do this. We're going to do it real quick. Ben, at Phase 5, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Guardians 3, The Marvels, Captain America New World Order, Thunderbolts, Blade, Films. Which one of those are you most looking forward to? Yeah, it's got to be Guardians Volume 3 for me. Uh, the culmination of the trilogy. Love these characters so much. And yeah, that we recently got that trailer that looks to be fun, but also really emotional and getting the backstory of these characters. Plus, I know the soundtracks are all, always awesome. So looking forward to what uh, James Gunn has in store for us there. TK, from the films I just listed, which one are you look, most looking forward to? Um, I, I agree with Ben on being excited for, for Guardians in that way, but just to take a, a brief moment to talk about another one that we haven't seen a trailer for yet because it's still further in the future, uh, and that's Thunderbolts. I have really high hopes yeah. for Thunderbolts. Um, it's the closest thing that we're ever going to get to a Black Widow 2. And uh, <laughs> with, the, with, the cast mate, uh, with the, you know, the cast there, um, and I'm really looking forward to, to that. Thunderbolts is probably my second, but I am all on this hype train right now for Ant-Man and Lost Quantumania. I am ready for this movie. I am looking forward to seeing a darker Ant-Man film. I can't wait to go into the quantum realm. I feel bad for my girl Janet Van Dyme, who just cannot get out of this place. She's going back in after being out for about five minutes. I just been. I, I I get what you're saying about the story. My biggest concern too is the it's a lot of CGI, right? I just hope it doesn't overtake it, you know, the film, the quality, whatever. But I'm I'm on this hype train right now for Aaron Lost Quantum Mania. I look because I think this is going to be the film in phase five that's going to set up what's to come in phase six as we get ready to kind of really delve deep into the multiverse saga. Okay, and for the shows, what is season two? Secret Invasion, Echo, Loki season two, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, why, 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 and Daredevil, born again. TK. After the conversation we had today, Loki season two. And I say that just because like our conversation about Loki earlier, like really got me thinking about that show and how much I want to rewatch it. And just like uh, that world I'm just so uh, fascinated by, and I, I can't wait to see more of it. So really looking forward to, to that. Benjamin. Uh, I'm really very curious what they're going to do with the daredevil show. Um, let's see how it, it differs from the Netflix one, but Honestly, most excited for would be Secret Invasion uh, for me. Of course, we got that little trailer too, so already getting hyped for it. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Yep, and mine as well is Secret Invasion. I've been looking forward to this ever since they announced it. Um, love, love the comic storyline. One of the best comic storylines out there. If you haven't read Secret Invasion, do yourself a favor. Go watch or go read Secret Invasion. It is awesome. I'm just worried about six episodes because there's a lot of story they could tell. What story they're going to tell in six episodes? Um, but a close second bet would actually be uh, Loki season two. I am, I cannot wait to see more of this world in the TVA. And with that all being said, guys, that is it for our Marvel Phase Four review. TK, thank you so much. No strikes for you today, TK. Well done, well done. I made it. I made it made through it. the episode unscathed. She did. Uh, she did. And TK, where can people find you online? Um, I am at an idea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And the show is called There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And Ben, where can people find us online? 
Yes, you can find us on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast. And you can email us with your thoughts on Marvel Phase 4, what you're looking forward to in the future, and uh, your your favorite movies. What are you looking forward to uh, as well? And you can email us at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. That's rb, like Rod Ben, dot the Infinity Film Podcast at gmail.com. Okay. For myself, Rod, for, for T, our guest TK, and of course, my wonderful co host Ben, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys back here next week as Ben and I take a look at the filmography of one Miss Kira Knightley. So look forward to that next week. But until then, guys, bye-bye for now.